Are you feeling sad that you were alone on Valentine's Day? Don't feel sad. Coming to you live from the Russian peace talks. Dane Zimmerman, head negotiator for the United States, is meeting right now with Vladimir Putin in person. Here he comes. Ladies and gentlemen, Vladimir Putin live on the air. Mr. Putin, uh, we're, we're curious why you're thinking of uh, supposedly uh, about to invade the Ukraine. Could you just explain your position on that? We noticed 150,000 troops of yours, tanks, weapons, battleships along the Ukrainian border. Please, Mr. Putin, explain to us what you're thinking. You're saying you're not going to invade. What What is the meaning of, of, uh, of, of this military buildup along the border of Ukraine? They're stealing our rock and roll. So this is about music. Is this about getting Gorky Park back on the map of heavy metal? <laughs> Actually, we want Gorky Park to be on more of a blues, but the Ukrainians, they like heavy metal. We want blues. So Gorky Park has transitioned into a, a blues band, sort of the way that Pantera uh, transitioned from a glam metal band into a grunge band. Um, well, not really a grunge band, but like a, 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 a heavier, heavier metal slash grungish band. So you're saying Gorky Park has transitioned into a blues band. And now you're saying that this is what this is all about is to get Gorky Park and their new blues based music on the map and to wipe out heavy metal in Ukraine, sort of like what Nirvana did in the United States. Is that what you're saying, sir? Yeah, it, we're going to keep it at 180 beats a minute. I don't know what the complaint's for. I was doing 180 beats a minute in the shower this morning, but uh, <laughs> no one called it music. <laughs> All right, here you go, guys. Uh, thank you, Mr. Putin. Vladimir Putin, everybody. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Dean Zimmerman. Start that beautiful uh, intro music, Johnny. For our head, our head negotiator of the United States, representing the United States, the great Dean Zimmerman of Zim's Guitars, meeting right now, very important meeting, with Vladimir Putin. Well said, Dean. Start the music, Johnny. Russian peace talks, 
American negotiator for the United States, Dane Zimmerman of Zim's Guitars. Dane, how is it going? We just spoke with Vladimir Putin. How is it going over there, in your opinion, representing Well, it the seems United like there hasn't been any NATO. changes to the situation over there. Hi, guys. You, you can't get him to move his troops at all? <laughs> no, there has been no changes so far. It looks like the war is on starting that was, tomorrow. That was weird. Oh, tomorrow's the day. He gave you a definite date? Yeah, tomorrow's the big day. Oh, big day. Oh, uh, uh, but the Olympics. Glare. Uh, well, now that cuffing season's over, I guess that's the most exciting thing going on. Oh, cuffing season, he says. Oh, I love being handcuffed. I like cuffing season, sure. Hmm. Welcome to Talking Guitars and 80s Metal Live. And holy sugar, are we live. Ladies and gentlemen, Dane Zimmerman, the great Neanderthal, and Johnny so Bean. And Johnny Bean. Thank you. And Blue Rhino. And I am John Mancuda. Welcome, everybody, to tonight's the show. Great John Mancuda. <laughs> great. <laughs> Oh, you meant tonight's uh, flavor Bang Energy drink. Yes, it is grape. Um, purple Haze, to be specific. Yes, Purple Haze. That is grape. Yes, the grape John Mancuda. My mother almost had a conniption. Great. He's not great. You should see what he did today. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Do, do, do. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Do, do, do. Yeah, especially on February 15th, day after Valentine's Day. The big chocolate sale of the century. Today, yeah. half price on oh. chocolate. The day after Valentine's Day, big chocolate sale. Everybody run out and get chocolate. Paul, let me oh, ask you, were you sad having to be all alone on, uh, on uh, Valentine's Day yesterday? Wow! No, I'd I'd rather be alone than spending. You, I'd rather be alone than spending. You're now. alone every day, Paul. I, Paul I, are you happy being unloved and brokenhearted? How does that feel? Don't be sad. L let me tell you two things. A, A, I'm not fucking financially strapped because I have some succubus fucking draining my bank account every month. Succubus. <laughs> and and B, I'd rather I be alone and alone and make money. I'd rather be alone and happy than miserable with somebody. So um, I had, look, I, I actually have somebody here that wanted me to go out with her um, Monday night. And I told, and we went out like a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, and she was like all about it. She's all down DTF, the whole deal. And I was like, nope, not interested, man, especially not going out on, on Valentine's Day. That's fucking ridiculous. So yeah, no. my mom was yeah. my mom was really disappointed in that, Paulie. Why'd you turn her down last night? She was like well, really looking forward to a little uh, a little Polly hog there. Well, because the problem was she expects me to put out, and I'm not that kind of girl. Well, you're not a cheap date. She knows that, right? She so there's that. that. Yeah, I mean, she really has to she has to to wine and dine me. I'm not just a piece of meat, despite what Sharon Wild Dollar feels. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, it's so it's. It's all it's all good. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't look uh, 51 weeks out of the year. I hear everyone that's in a relationship bitching 
and complaining about all how miserable it is and how this person does this and this person does that. And oh my God, she's a bust my balls the whole time. And then one day a year, you pay $75 for a dozen roses that cost $8.99 for the other 51 uh, weeks of the year. It's fine. It's fine. You you enjoy your fucking Hallmark holiday, your bullshit Hallmark holiday. Valentine's Day is bullshit. If you love somebody and you're really in a relationship with somebody, it's 365, 24-7, fuck Valentine's Day. That's the truth. Yeah, well, you know you what? Know. I, I love Valentine's Day uh, when I'm in a relationship. I'm sure. not in a relationship, but mm. when I was, no, you know what it was? We'd make it extra special, uh, my ex-girlfriend and I. We would go out and, you know, go on like a vacation and stuff like that. And, you know, big gifts and, and chocolate stuffing each other's face and and whatever. And, you know, um, fondue. To some, to some people, I mean, look, I, I spent it alone this year. Or I spent it, I should say I spent it alone. I spent with it with your with mother. I spent yeah. it with my mother. Mm. Yeah, mother, well, which is actually, you should spend some time with your mother. Yeah, that's all What's I so do. What's so wrong there about she, there that? She there she is. What's no, wrong look, about I, being I, with your mother? I, I wanted to take my mother out for Valentine's Day and a week of, uh, you know, a week went by of, well, do you think this place is open? Oh, they're closed on Monday. How about this place? They're taking reservations. It's only 135 a person. Oh, that's kind of a pricey. Maybe I could just eat and share with you. Is there a sharing fee? I don't know. Maybe let's not go to that one. How about this Chinese restaurant I like six hours away? Well, we could go there. Oh, but it's snowing. You know what? It's so crowded. And then and then the night before Valentine's Day, let's do a rain check. You know, let's do a rain check we'll do it next week so next week i'll celebrate valentine's day uh taking my valentine mama kuda out to dinner somewhere i don't even know where she doesn't know where she's probably researching right now what can uh what can break my bank account and uh, and give me a good long drive the way that you know paulie gives her a good long drive wait what yeah uh, 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 we are driving. It's me and the woodpecker. We decided to go out with your credit card, John. I hope uh, you don't mind. I mean, I have more of a relationship with a woodpecker than my son. Think about that. At least I'm not getting very some nice. packer. That's not very nice. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I, I hear all year the same thing. You know, guys come to me and, hey, man, Kuda, uh, wh what do you think the best way to sneak a guitar in my house is without my wife finding out? I'm like, well, did your wife pay for it? No, you paid for it. Yeah. And it's your house. Yeah. What the fuck say does your wife have on it? Well, you know, she's the wife. I'm like, that's not supposed to be a relationship, man. That's That sounds like, you know, a kid sneaking cigarettes past his mother at age nine. You know? Just be a man. Buy the guitar. Walk in with it bold as brass. Be a man. Have your dick out when you do. And your wife will say, what the fuck? You're walking with your dick out of my bridge club? And I bought a new guitar. Ha ha. That's the way to be a man. There you go. And then yeah, do something so day, bad that yeah. she doesn't even care about the guitar. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, shit on your wife's bridge club table right there. Wait, wait, what? No, that over. no, that's not a good idea. No, uh, this, listen, this is horrible. This is idea. horrible. This is horrible advice. 
This is good relationship advice. Be no, the man it's, in it's, your relationship. Really not. Walk in. Your wife's got her bridge club there, a book it's, club. It's, Walk in it's really with not. the guitar. This is not, this drop is not trowel idea. and just shit right there on the table. And she'll go, oh, my God, what the hell? And I bought a new guitar. And, you know, <laughs> no one will notice the guitar. I promise you. That's the way to do it. That's how it's to not, be a man not, in the not, relationship. No, that's, not, that's not the way to do it. It's a bad yes, idea. Yes, it is. Paulie, I'm nope, telling that, you. It's a bad I, idea. If you were a guitar collector before you got married, you should still be able to collect guitars. But oh, yeah. once you get married, then the hobbies sort of, she has a 50-50 say in what your new hobbies are. No, look. My, no, my she doesn't. Is- no, she doesn't. That's such she bullshit. That, I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking go with that. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going with that. Doesn't, one she doesn't get to fucking tell you what your hobbies are. Now, if you guys live together and you're a, a relationship and shit, and you're thinking about you know making some financial like financial expenditures, yes, it is it is courteous, courtesy and courteous to to share and make some serious financial decisions, but you don't tell her what she can spend her fucking money on. She has no right to tell you what you spend your money on. Sorry, man. Call him bullshit on that one. Yeah, I got to agree with that. Seriously. Yeah. If, if you if if I if I meet a girl right now and she walks in and sees in my house, you have hundreds of guitars here. Yes, yes, I do. You can yeah. probably expect I'll be buying more of those and playing around with those and trading those and having fun with those. And it's like. Don't be surprised. What? You bought a guitar? How dare you, sir? Yes, I bought a guitar. You bought a vibrating rabbit, and I bought a fucking guitar. Yeah, I actually had somebody, somebody just unfriended me on on Facebook and blocked me. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I still love you. No, I'm actually in Facebook jail right now, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Somebody unfriended me and blocked me on Facebook because I posted, and I'm not, this isn't, it's not a humble brag or anything, but I have two old motorcycles. One of them is 20 something years old, 25 years old. And the other one is, is like 16, 17 years old, but I have two motorcycles. So I posted a picture of the motorcycles cause it was like 80 something degrees here last week. And I was like, yep, got to do the service check on the bikes, make sure all the air, t- you know, the, the tire pressure, the oil is clean, all that stuff. Cause the bikes are going to start getting used now that the weather has gotten good. And this woman wrote, ever hear the phrase, you can't ride two horses with one ass. And I, resp- I wrote back to her, I go, yes, I'm sure. And I, I basically wrote back to her, yes, I'm sure you only have one pair of shoes. And I was blocked immediately for that. <laughs> I, I would have written back to her, well, looking at the size of your ass, it looks uh, like you happen to have two asses. So maybe I, you could help me ride these two bikes, one for each of your two-ton Tessie cheeks. I could have. I could saddle have. Saddlebags over here, Helga. I, I could have said to her, you know, it's an interesting horse analogy because I need two plow horses to pull the carriage to carry your fucking ass from point A to point B. I thought about it, but I went with the very subtle, I'm sure you only have one pair of shoes, and even that was too much for her. So if I'd unloaded with both barrels, uh, it would have I, I'm I'm getting my face guessing my Facebook uh sentence would have been a little bit longer. But I'm now in I'm in Facebook jail until about nine o'clock uh Arizona time tonight because uh, a friend of mine from high school very sweet girl. Um, and you know, we, we've known each other since we were like, you know, 13, 14 years old. So she posted, this is the fucked up part about this whole story. She posted, there's like a meme. That's a picture of, uh, a guy. it's like a guy's from the neck to the, to the midsection. And it says across the chest is the quickest way to a man's heart is through like the second thoracic rib. Right. 
So I wrote to her I, I, and I responded to it. I was like, I, I thought it was really funny. So I said, you know, in ninth grade, I would have let you stab me. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice, it was a flirty thing on Valentine's Day. Wrote something nice and flirty. She wrote back, oh my God, in ninth grade, I would never would have done such a thing. And my response is really because I would have stabbed you repeatedly. And Facebook didn't see the Facebook didn't see the wow. the humor in the double entendre of that, and immediately fucking flagged me and put me in in timeout. I appealed it, and they said no. And I'm like, come on, it's fucking sarcasm. It's, I'm like, wait a second, this woman can post a thing about stabbing a guy in the fucking chest, saying the quickest way to a man. And it's by the way, she got it off of goddamn Facebook. Well, let me get by this way, straight. You, you know. Can, you, what, you know that at Mark Zuckerberg's house, the minute you posted that, uh, uh, the algorithm set off an old school alarm at his house. Aluga, aluga, aluga. Oh, hold on, honey. He's Mark drops his Valentine's dinner. He runs to the console, slams the emergency red button, the ban button. You know, like like an emergency. <laughs> There's a little glass shield over it. You're supposed to lift. He just smashes right through it. And I think we got him in time. So fucking stupid. It was like, let me get this straight. Facebook allows political ads where one candidate is literally shooting another candidate. All right, they're, you know, you know, there's a they're having a fucking gunfight. They allow whatever conspiracy theorist, whatever side you want to be on on the political spectrum. I don't give a rat fuck. But the point is, they'll allow you to. They allow let's go Brandon and 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 you know all the anti-Trump stuff and whatever horrible uh, you know Fifty Cent fat shaming Fifty Cent. That's okay. We can make fun of Fifty Cent because he was into Club Sandwich. Um, we can get into all of that shit. But if I post a double entendre joke about wanting to fuck a good friend of mine, by the way, which is fine, I uh, wanted to fuck a good friend of mine when we were in ninth grade and it was a double entendre about stabbing her, immediately, I'm a fucking jerk. I'm a, put him in, he is banished to Facebook jail for 24 hours. And, and the suck part about it is there isn't even a live person. You can get a live person to do tech support or chat support for fucking anything on the planet, except for when Facebook throws you in Facebook jail. It's, so it's Zuckerberg, like just... teabag my nuts, you fucking jerk. There's well, another, there, there's the there goes another 24 the, hours. Uh, there's the censorship. <laughs> you know this is live there's, on Facebook, too. I don't, oh, is it? Is it? Yeah, are we on yeah, Facebook? Yeah. Fuck you, Zuckerberg! <laughs> Fuck you! Suck my fucking oh, cock! Oh, my God. That, that was the censorship manager that just made a photo appearance. Johnny, can we see him again? Who's in charge of... Uh, <laughs> Facebook censorship. There he is. There he By is. By the way, uh, Jimmy, I'd David like to apologize. Crosby. I'd like to apologize for getting you thrown into Facebook jail. <laughs> yeah. So, so if anybody's been trying to get in touch with me on Facebook, and seeing as we're on Facebook right now, if anybody's been trying to get in touch with me on Facebook, that's why I haven't responded to any of your emails because I've been locked out. <laughs> forget about forget about changing Johnny's lights. You want to change Zuckerberg's lights to full on red alert or yellow alert? Just uh, keep. Keep posting this fun stuff. Well, and, and here's the stupid shit. I mean, the sad part about it is all they have to do, like, it's the weirdest thing. You can have, they've got tech support people there. They've got somebody you can chat with and stuff like that. They can look at the history of your page. And in the fucking, what, what, how long have we been on Facebook? Tw almost 20 years? 
right? Almost Facebook minutes so far. We're about to no, get no, thrown off in a minute. No, no, no. My point is Facebook's been around for like 20 years. In all the years I've been on Almost. Facebook, you, you can go back and look at my, my history. There's never been a history of me threatening anybody. There's never been. A, it's clearly a double entendre joke. And she fucking started it. No, this is no, a great example. You've been turned. You've been radicalized, Paulie. Clearly. Love, ra love radicalized. <laughs> Women have this effect on you, especially that woman, Helga. You should have said to her, you know what? I'm, I'm hitching up the Clydesdale to a plow with a razor on it. We're coming to mow your vagina right now. Get you some, some scaping there. Get your fat twat. Yeah, they have... Smooth. They have no problem with my business page. They have no problem with my radio pages and making money off of me as a broadcast professional. But God help me if I make a joke to a friend of mine who's not, who, by the way, I'm still talking to right now. I'll read you the fucking chat we're having right now, which was, um, I wrote back to her, I go, it's, it's truly funny. Facebook doesn't see the symbolism in stabbing equals fucking. And so I'm in timeout until later on. I go, at least you're smiling. It's worth it. She wrote, well, considering I found the meme on Facebook, I went, right. It's okay if I let you stab me, but if I want to stab you, forbidden. Even if it was in ninth grade. She goes, ninth grade, I was innocent. You were still hot. And she goes, ah, thanks. I didn't. Uh, good thing I didn't realize how adorable I was back then. I said, nah, I was too big of a pussy to ever say anything. I'm almost weirded out by saying anything now. She goes, we were all awkward. The conversation was difficult. And then my, my last thing was stabbing you was probably what I would have said anyway. You know, what's really <laughs> funny is, uh, is Zuckerberg probably made that meme himself 20 years ago and just forgot about it. He's like, oh, wait, was that one of mine? <laughs> what a funny coincidence. Well, Man I did. I don't know what movie. I don't remember what movie I was quoting, but it was a long chain of quotes, movie quotes, as is often the case on, on Facebook. And somebody yeah. wrote something about it. And I did the. The quote that I used, and I, I, it's killing me that I can't remember the movie because why quote a movie if you don't remember it? But it was, it was, I'll fill you so full of lead, you'll have to use your dick as a pencil. I'm and, sorry, did you, did you bring up my dick? Was this conversation involving? Always ask the chat. The yeah, chat I, I, know. whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I forget yeah, what movie yeah, it was, yeah. but you know, I'll, I think I forget what it was, but I'll fill you so full of lead, you'll have to use your dick as a pencil. So I posted that on the chat as one of the quotes. I got fucking flagged for it. I appealed it to Facebook and they went, you're right. That was a quote from a movie. We, we took it out of context. I'm like, right. This is the exact same fucking thing. Uh, you took it out of context. I didn't literally mean, by the way, what am I going to do? This girl is in Massachusetts and I've known her since I was 14. I'm going to fly 3000 miles East and fucking plunge a knife into her chest 35 years ago. Paul's next, next, uh, next line to her would have been, I'm, I'm going to take the cannolis. <laughs> It was so, yeah, it was so, it was so fucking stupid. But so that's, that's my, that's my frustration with social, social media. And you don't really even know what it's like. Um, prison changes a man, you know, the struggle is real. Well, tell me about it. My farts are really quiet now. And anytime so, I drop the soap, I'm like, oh, oh, right, right. I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm alone. Did you go, did you, did you type that quote in Johnny to find out what movie it was from? No, <laughs> Johnny oh. didn't know. It's like cannolis. No, I'm I'm actually gonna look cannolis. it up now. I don't know. I'm actually gonna but, Google that. So was this like in a public? Was this it under was, a meme on somebody's on her page, or was this? Yeah, it was on her page. No, it was on her page. She put this meme up on 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 Facebook that that she found on fucking Facebook. 
How is it okay for you to put a meme that advocates fucking plunging a knife into a guy's heart? On and by the way, this is all on Valentine's Day. I also did post a cute little meme of like some guy dressed, you know, it says "More romance, please." Like it was clearly the whole fucking conversation was clearly a goof, <laughs> and for whatever reason, the algorithms just grabbed it and 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 knocked me the fuck out for it for the first time. And I told her, like, "Congratulations, you're my first my first Facebook jail sentence." They're watching you, Paul. For some reason, they got yeah, their maybe, eyes on you. Maybe, maybe the men in black have. Maybe they've realized that I'm a threat to 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 the United States of America. Well, clearly oh, they're fan, Clearly they're fans oh. of this show. So yeah. they're all watching it right can't now. Say they're, that they're stuff, like, man. Like, you know that. What did what did, what, I, I, didn't, say? I didn't. I didn't say anything. Accused. I accused Facebook. I didn't say anything inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because oh well. I don't know how many. Well, this is exactly like when I went to the hockey game like a month ago. I went to the hockey game and I have my, I have, you know, I ride a motorcycle, so I have a wallet chain. It's a small wallet chain. It's like it's like that fucking long. It's not even. You've seen it. It's not like I wear a hipster Zach Wild fucking stupid boat anchor. It's your typical wallet chain. So I get there to the to the to the front gate and they're going through the security check and the woman goes, "You're gonna have to bring that back to your car." Is anyone of your fucking mind? I said, "Can you give me one example of a man hijacking a hockey arena and taking it to Cuba with a wallet chain?" I go, the fucking strap on that woman's that woman's handbag is more deadly than the chain I have in my pocket. Why do we have a John BL thing there? Because it's random chains. Oh, okay. Random John BL. Yeah, random John okay. BL thing. He got yeah, in. Like, He's on it. stage. <laughs> yeah, super, was that, was super that a, fucking a photo weird. From the Monsters of Rock cruise. Is that what that's from? <laughs> it looks like a photo from the the recent cruise. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Paul, you you did nothing on Valentine's Day. Just uh, it was just you. Right? <laughs> no, that's what I did. I got suspended from Facebook. You got thrown into Facebook jail. <laughs> I was all right. See, so had a productive day, and I I played the uh, restaurant shuffle with uh, Mama Kuda while Which everyone awesome. else just sent me. Everyone else way, just sent me hatred mail. I never loved you, Mancuda. You were the worst lay I ever had, you know. And I said, Ma, please at least say something nice to me today. Don't, you know. By the way, I just wow. Googled it and I can't believe I couldn't remember the movie. Three amigos. Oh, three, three amigos. amigos. It's oh, when okay. yeah. Steve Martin, when when Steve Martin, oh. when they all have the guns at him, and Steve Martin goes, I'll fill you so full of lead, you'll have to use your dick as a pencil. <laughs> wow! Oh, pencil dick. I can't believe I fucking forgot what movie it was. But yeah, so there you go, Johnny. What did you do? Anything interesting for Valentine's Day? Uh, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I celebrate Van Halen's Day. Van Halen's. You Day. So fucking what, nerd. So what did so you that, do? That's that's what I do. So what? What I did just you post, do? First I just posted memes. That was it. All right. Yeah, and your wife went off on a date. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you're in a relationship. You're Matt. Paul and I are bachelors. Yeah. We're 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 like Paul and I are going to be Joe Millionaire, the next Joe Millionaire. And it's like the the butler is going to go. One of these men is not a millionaire, and the other one is not. I was just going to say one of these men is not a millionaire, and the other one is full of shit. <laughs> it's full of shit. Saying he, I is. can't. I can't imagine. Why? I, I I just don't have pussy dripping off of me right now. I can't. I do, but it's of the cat that does. I, can't, I, can't I have imagine. pussy dripping off of me, but it's of the cat that got hit with an icicle on my roof. Nope. Can't imagine. Can't imagine why I'm not just swimming an ass right now. 
Well, Helga's available. <laughs> yeah, so yesterday I... Uh, oh, hi, Dane. About three or four in the afternoon. Well, I'm he was next, here. I, mean... I texted the girlfriend. I said, hey, happy Valentine's Day. I just put happy Valentine's Day. And... Um, Great story. You know, man. I didn't hear anything from her. <laughs> Went home at about yeah, my normal more. time, <laughs> six o'clock. Looked around for the girlfriend. I thought maybe we'd go to dinner or something. I open up the bedroom door. She's in there watching Netflix or something. I'm like, it's Valentine's Day. Let's at least go to dinner or do something. No, no, you've ruined all my Valentine's Day. I don't want to go and do any of that. Boy, I missed that. Okay. And I closed the door and on with my life. Maybe, yeah, boy, I, I really missed out on that opportunity, John. Didn't you? Talk, boy, Valentine's Day was so lonely. I wish I could have had an experience missed, like that. I miss getting, I miss getting no pussy too. I mean, hi. I had the only wow. bitch in the world. I had the only bitch in the world that matters. Lemmy, hi, baby girl. Oh, there she is. Hi, baby. You're a good girl. Such a good dog. She's a there good baby girl. girl. She's the only one I need. Right, baby? Yeah. What about Ace? What has yes. he chewed up lately? Is he getting in trouble? Do I put Ace. Yeah, on? he got a new guitar. And he yeah. shit in the house and Paul didn't notice. I uh, I had, I put Ace in his crate for a while so Lemmy could feel free to run around. Well, not run, but waddle around the house um, without feeling like he was going to nip at her. Because he, he, he nips at her and wants to play. And it makes it very difficult for her to enjoy what limited movement she has. So mm -hmm. every once in a while he get he has to, and he's cool with it. Cause I've already taken him for a walk and thrown the ball and he's tired. So I put him in his crate for a nap so that she can have, you know, solo time. Cause every time she tries to come over and get attention, he comes over and, and, and fights cause he's a bitch like that. So she's a good girl. Nice. Awesome. But, um, so eighties metal guitars. Well, let's let's uh, a half hour in. Let's say hello to our executive producers, the people who made this uh, this Valentine's Day discussion possible. Uh, let's say hi to uh, Dave Ennis, Vinyl Freak fifty one fifty, Mike Nice, Music Therapy Laz, Majestic PB and J Cat, Wayno, False Flag, Sherman Callahan, Andy Carson, Michael B, R Habs, Warlag, the Chad. Lawrence Christensen, Linny Lou, and my little geriatric sex kit, Mary. And I hope you guys are uh, are feeling good. I haven't heard from you, so I'm, I'm hoping you guys are feeling better healing up from uh, from the virus. James Gum, John Moronic, Paul Martin Woods, Stephen Franklin, Michael, the Captain Smith, Thomas Santiago, Joe Christian, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, David Allen Wright, and Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. You guys are awesome. That's top tier of channel membership here on Johnny Bean TV. And if you're not ready for channel membership, any super chats will change the, actually it'll stop the changing of colors. It's kind of the opposite now. Uh, but if you'd like to get a hold of us anytime, especially Kurt with a C, 415-952-3263. And as why, far as I why know, you get, why don't you get him his own hotline, like a red phone, like they do on the Batman TV show, where it's a direct line from Batman to Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> you just get the, you get one for Kurt, one for False Flag. You'll have like a line of phones that'll look like the Jerry Lewis telethon. Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> John, I have this bank of phones. 
Johnny loves Johnny it loves. when you call during the show. During the show Johnny. is the best time to call. Yes. Yes, definitely. We, we love we love phone calls. And as far as I know, we're still live on Facebook. <laughs> you might be in Facebook jail. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Today today may be the torpedo in the uh in the Facebook uh sorry, yeah. sorry not sorry, not sorry. Oh, that's oh, Mark Zuckerberg yeah, right now. Kind of need Mark somebody Zuckerberg to screen right these now. calls for him. Yeah. Hey, you're you're on the air. Hey, this is Kurt with a K. Hey, Kurt with a K. Listen. How you doing? We're listening. Good. Listening to Dane's sob story. I'm gonna put some lights in a armoire at my house and start a fund me for Dane to get a girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. It's going to take more than money. No, it really isn't. House. He deserves it. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Some he money might it. All that hard bit of money does, might help. A happy face of his. He deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Dane, we love you. Yeah, Dane. We're going to start a fund. To, I'll, we'll buy you a woman. I'll get one from another country. One of those, um, <laughs> I kind of got my eye on one of those uh, robotic ones. All right. Oh, nice. You guys have a great show. I'm watching a robot. my wife dinner. Oh. Yes, exactly. That's how that works. Awesome. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah. I want a robot Kurt. woman. All right. All right. Carry on. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> we'll raise up enough money to get Dana's robot woman. It'll be Rosie from the Jetsons. Oh. <laughs> 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 Jesus. <laughs> no, it's really wow. funny. The, the Super Bowl had this one commercial uh, of this robotic dog chasing an, a guy in an electric car, and, and he's in love and everything. We're going to have a commercial next year of this robotic woman seeing Dane all lonely and driving away, and she'll be chasing him up the road, you know? <laughs> Creepy. Man. Well, uh, nice. Speak, creepy. Speaking of uh, uh, guitars and stuff, Dane. Yeah. Wh when did you get that amp next to you? Did you have that last time? The 5150 combo? Huh? What? Oh, oh. This is the brand new Dude. 5150 um, uh, the, the iconic. Yes. Sitting right here. Oh. And uh, this belongs to a buddy of mine. This belongs to Neil. You stole he it? He just picked this thing up and he. Uh, Wants me to play through it and see what I think. And so far, it's kicking ass. It's 40 watt, and you can turn it down to 10 watts. But one thing that I like about it, it has a noise gate. So when you're in the dirty channel and you're up real loud, you turn your guitar volume down, the normal noisy channel on every amp is just like shh, a huge hiss, right? This has the built-in noise gate where that hit that hiss just goes right away. So uh, I've only messed with it for a few minutes, but uh, super cool. They got the matching shirt. We got oh, we got to they sh we got to get you a girlfriend with a noise gate. Yeah, yeah. Dane, you ruined my. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. What did you say? You ruined my. <laughs> nice. Oh gosh. The shirt's cool too. Yeah, yeah, looking great, man. Yeah, so I like I'll, all the EVH. Uh, I'll, I'll play through it, try to get to know it, make a YouTube video for my channel in the next couple of days, and um, then give it back to Neil. Did you guys but, see uh, my? Uh, did you I guys got see to experiment my... with it. 
How much are those? I think they're like eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Now you're now quiet. Very cool, man. <laughs> Give it about a year or two, and you'll get them for six. Wait a couple years. They are made in China. There's been a little bit. Of, oh my God! Would Eddie have wanted any of his products to be made in China? Eddie, what's got the a profit margin? I know. Oh, wait. What's the what's the profit margin? I talked to my uh, vendor. <clears throat> Eddie was an uh, idiot. I talked to my Fender rep, and he goes, I, "You know what? I think Eddie would have been just fine with the fact that these are made in China." And I'm like, oh, "I don't know." They so sound great. Out. They sound yeah, they great. Really I've, I've played one from the uh, just the five minutes I played through it. It melted my ears. It's, Where are the other ones really made? Loud. Where are the in other fact, ones made? I've seen um, people do reviews. Mexico and yeah, and USA. yeah. I've seen people do reviews of those where they actually prefer those over the original PVs. Which is nonsense. I love Kirk <laughs> 5150's idea. Cobra Kai, let's get a cartoon going of a Dane getting a robot woman. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, uh, I, I found I had a, a, a 5150 half stack for a couple of years. Um, loved it, but there's only so much overdrive you can you can do, um, other than other than the sick overdrive on those amps. You know, I, I don't see the huge appeal. The cleans are no better than a Fender, you know, Princeton or any of the other great Fender amps. It really is an amplifier for distortion playing. If you want to fucking drive the shit out of an amp, mm-hmm. that fifty-one fifty is the way to go. Um, but if that's that, it really is a one-trick pony. It's a great trick, but it's one trick. Mm-hmm. Um, the overdrive channels are insane on them, but other than that, uh, I don't know that it is appreciably better than you know a Mesa or a Marshall or a Fender. Um, it really is. If you're going for a certain sound and a certain amount of, it, it's the great metal amp. That's what it is. Um, but it's not the most versatile amp in the world. It does what it does very well. And that's okay. You know, you, you don't buy, you know, you don't buy a, uh, uh, you know, an explorer to play fucking country on, you know what I mean? You, you buy, you write buy the right tool for the job. And if you want to drive an right. amp, if you want an amp that gives you a shitload of distortion, that's the one. All these companies, you know, they put new products out every year or two and it's, it's fun to experiment with them. Yeah. But again, the shit that they did 10 or 20 years ago is, you know, it was just as good then or better. Sometimes well, new products get worse. Sometimes they get better. Well, you know, I, I you know that's one of the noise gate though. <clears throat> that's one of the arguments that people make <clears throat> about guitar making back then versus guitar making now. Uh, guitar making and amplifier making now quality consistency is way way more regular because the manufacturing mm-hmm. techniques. I know that automation puts people out of work, and I think it sucks. But automation also makes specs finite. If you set a computer to cut something to a certain spec, it's going to be that spec every time. Human beings, there's a margin for error. Now, there's something to be said for that. You know, that's why some of those old guitars are handmade, and we love the fact that they're handmade and the hand tooling and whoever the luthier is at the time that built the guitar. There's something hand tooling. There's something special about that, but I would say that guitar manufacturing and amplifier manufacturing today, on the whole, is significantly more consistent and significantly better quality than it was back then. 
because technology has advanced to the point where you're dealing with a technological piece of, of, of uh, musical equipment as opposed to an acoustic guitar. Acoustic guitars that are handmade, that's like a, an artisan's work. That's like somebody building furniture. It's a piece. But a piece of electronics, mm -hmm. the way manufacturing and soldering and, and, and the way components are built now, capacitors and all the things that come with it, the fuses yeah. and, the, and the circuit boards and the motherboard, that's all way better now than it was back in the day. The machine that built I this amp that. is way better yeah. than the, this actual amp. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. You know, we can record an album that sounds like you know, Queen's Night at the Opera with an iPhone now. The technology has just advanced to the point mm -hmm. where it's just easier, simpler, and more consistent. Quality control. And and even if the quality is not as long-lasting as something that is a vintage piece of, of equipment, the cost of replacement for a new piece of equipment versus the amount of maintenance for a 50-year-old vintage piece of equipment, it all, it all works out in the end. It's cheaper to replace that amp than it is to maintain you know, a 19, you know, 61, 100 watt, mm -hmm. you know, lead, lead 100 or whatever it is. Yeah. Trying to find parts yeah. and then someone yeah. who actually understands how to work on those. Yeah. That's mm. a whole different story. Yeah. It you know, what you like. I mean, look, you could get a modeling amp and, you know, <clears> right. say, oh, it's just as good as a Plexi. It's not as good as a Plexi, but if that's your cheaper route and that's something you're willing to, you know, sacrifice yep. a little bit of soul to get, you know, the mechanical aspect of, you know, less maintenance and less expense, that's your trade-off right there, you know? And if you somebody... guys were talking about the first couple of KISS albums, right. think about if KISS would have recorded those first couple of KISS albums through this amp. Well, right. and the technology, and they How had. How would that be? Well, we really don't want to do anything made in China because well, KISS yeah. is a band made um, in New York. How important would it? I mean, how much money would it cost us? Would it be? Would it have been cheaper to do it that way? Because I would have done it. Um, well, of course, we would take an endorsement <laughs> fee a little bit, just a tiny little uh, nominal one. Gene, what do you think? A nominal fee. Um, yeah, because he's probably used JCM 800s, turned halfway up. It's almost like clean tones is what they were using. You can't, <clears throat> excuse me. I challenge you to listen to a piece of music. Fight, fight, um, fight, fight. No, no. Oh. I challenge you to listen to a piece of music and tell me definitively what guitar was played through what amplifier and what effects definitively. You wouldn't know the difference. You can't tell. As long as it sounds good, this is the old Eddie Van Halen phrase, as long as it sounds good, it is good. So if you listen to a song and it comes out, you, you put that CD or digital file, whatever it is, how you choose to listen to music, vinyl, you put it on and you hear it and it sounds good. And it was recorded with a piece of shit Indonesian cheap squire through uh, a little, uh, you know, uh, a pig nose. Or that, yeah, <laughs> through that, through that, through uh, an amp, a mod, a free modeling amp rig program that you got off of two cows or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, as long Powered as it sounds good. Hamsters on a wheel. As long as it sounds good, who gives a shit? Yeah. And you never know what somebody actually used. They could tell right. you anything. Because they're an endorsee. Because of the power of, of uh, mastering. And you can do right. you can make anything sound if amazing. If you listen to an old album, though, you can tell a Les Paul through a Marshall. You can tell a Strat. But you can, but you can approximate, uh, you can approximate that now. Yeah. You can approximate I mean, now, that you know, now. Everything, there are... Everything's on auto-tune. Right. 
digital, yeah, now, you know, faking day, and, you know, modeling right. and, and stuff like that. I mean, look, I, you know, look, I've said this on the show many times before. My personal favorite amp is a GKML 250. It's the little lunchbox amp, you know, whatever it is, 100 watts or whatever in this mm -hmm. big a package. But mm -hmm. to me, it sounds great. It's a solid state amp. And I have a Marshall mm -hmm. Silver Jubilee. I have an orange. I have, you know, some cool amps. But my personal favorite tone comes out of that little solid state lunchbox. And, sure. You know, some guys used it like, you know, for small club shows or practice amps. I know Kiss was a fan of it, um, you know, whatever. But, you know, look, you like what you like. And today's technology, you can mimic a lot of tones. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I love I love playing through as long as I have a decent, you know, decent reverb and noise gate in front of it. I love playing through. I have Marshall Lead 12 micro stack, you know, solid state micro stacks, which are basically a fucking 12 watt amp through two mm -hmm. 10 inch speakers that sound outstanding. They sound great. Now, I would record with them and have no problem recording with them, and they would sound fantastic dropping a mic in front of them. And, and, and or you can just go direct with a friggin' head rush, you know, uh, uh, mini micro effects unit and get the same sound. Most mm -hmm. people, most people can't tell the difference. Now, that said, there is something about, you know, a Stratocaster in the second and fourth position. You know that tone. There's something about the sound of a Les Paul in the neck position. You can feel that tone. You can hear it with your ears. But that mm -hmm. said, I could grab an Epiphone and run it direct with no effects whatsoever. And in post-production, add the effects and the EQ and all of the things that needed to make it sound like Jimmy Page on Led Zeppelin 2. I mean, the technology, this goes back to what we're saying. Technology has made it so. Does it feel the same? No. Does it sound the same? Absolutely. I, I challenge you to tell me anything different. But if they sound, but but if you enjoy, again, it's the difference between producing music for the ear and playing music with your hands. There's certainly a difference between a, you know, a $2,500, I'll use Les Paul because it just happens to be the name that goes in my head all the time, $2,500 Les Paul and a $69 Glary. They feel differently. But once that sound is down on tape in post-production, you can make them sound identical. You can yeah, make, I mean, look, you if, can you, make if the you're, piece of crap sound way better. Yeah, if you're war if you're one. walking into Norm's and he's like, "Hey, I just got a I got a '59 Les Paul burst, and do you want to play it through this beautiful uh, vintage plexi?" Um, yes, please. And you'll yeah. hear it in person, like the soul of the guitar and the amp, and the, uh, you know, blow your mind. Um, but yeah, look, if you're talking recording wise in post-production, like we say in the movie industry, everything comes out in post, you yep. know, we'll fix it in post. We'll change fix it, it in, in the post. mix. Yeah, you could do that. But, you know, look, uh, glad that you dig that amp so far. Yeah. That's it. Your review is, is positive so far. Right, Dan? But the reviews, uh, the yeah, reviews are all over. The I had it going. It was like, wow, killer. The well, reviews Dane, are all I'm over asking the place. Dane. Dane's review. Dane likes it so far. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you like it, that's all that matters. Yeah. Johnny, you've played one of these too? I've played the the uh the top, the head. I haven't played the the uh combo, combo. yet. Okay. But I'm sure I'm sure it's amazing. I mean sure it is. You know, like like I said, there's 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 people out there saying that 
the the new iconic beats the old PV. You know? If that's if that's how they feel, if they feel good about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I bet you there's somebody else who says that, um, you know, like like John was saying, his GK crushes a Marshall Plexi. It's well, it's whatever to, you whatever feels my, good to your ears. Yeah, for what I like. Yeah, which is you know obviously '80s hair metal. Uh, for what I like, that's the sound. And again, I'm biased because that was like my first amp. So like I, that's my particular tone. So when you hear me yeah. butchering songs through that amp, it sounds better uh, than if I butchered those songs through another amp to me. But yeah, I mean, I ha- you know, I don't have a Marshall because I don't like it or, or Marshalls because I don't like them. Uh, you know, I do. Just my personal favorite amp for my sound for, you know, playing in my living room when I do, um, which is my whole audience. Um, that's that's the tone I like. That's that's the amp I enjoy plugging through when I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, there is my silver Jubilee and there's my orange next to it. and There's my GK next to it. I'm like, I'm going to plug into the GK more often than not. And it's and it's an interesting thing. This is a this is a an admission the older I get, the more I prefer clean guitar straight to amp sounds. I know that sounds weird, but you know, I I, I have no problem. I got an old S. I got an old JCM. <laughs> Wait, Paul, are you are you talking clean tones? Or you're talking yes. no effects pedals. All of the above. Like I mean, going I I this That's SG, yeah, this SG direct into my Marshall JCM 900 2 by 12 50 watt combo drive the channel a little bit heat those tubes up drive the channel a little bit I am I enjoy that tone more because it's in your finger oh. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy that tone more now that, that guy I, I'm older <laughs> I'm older now and so I don't distortion has a tendency to hide sloppy playing um that's why I, I play with a lot of Eddie Van Halen no, I don't, you know what though, Eddie. Yeah, but Eddie didn't. Eddie didn't drive it a hundred percent. You'll notice Eddie when he cleans up, when he turns his volume down, he cleans up. It's still in his fingers. He still gets that. It still oh, sounds yeah. like Eddie. He really wasn't I mean, distorted. Not no that much, except that except in the late '90s when you know, obviously the Van Halen three. I don't know what was going on with Eddie's hearing, or maybe it's just his health was not in the best place. His guitar was way overdriven and did not sound like Eddie Van Halen. It was a little too much. It was a little too hot. But the point being, I would rather hear the SG straight into an amp, drive the channel a little bit, throw a little reverb on it now than when I was 20. When I was 20, it was like, give me my ADA MP1 and drive the shit out of it and put this on it and put that flanger mm-hmm. on it, put all that shit. Now I'd rather sit back and just and just listen to the guitar and the wood of the guitar resonate. And I think that's an age thing. I think as you get older, you realize, okay, I can play distorted and I can make any guitar sound any way that I want through through any amp that I want. Now I want to play something different. I, and, I don't. I don't even plug in. I play. I, have, I rarely plug just, in. You, just yeah. like this. Yeah. You know, just because because uh, you can really hear what you're doing. Yeah, and 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 um, you can't be sloppy. No. Because if you if you clam a note, you clam a note. On you know but, when it's acoustic, you're fucked. Yeah, but, but, but it, it also depends on what guitar you're playing because I, there there are some I have set up that's so low that it's like slightly buzzing and you won't hear it like playing through an amp, but you will hear it acoustically. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's if you yeah. got your action set that low, and that's that is what it is. I, only on a couple of guitars I have it like that, but you know the ones I do. Yeah. But it also, you know, it I used mean, to be cool. Artists used to be able to create their own sound back in the day. You had the guy in Queen had his own sound. Nowadays, but that's in the fingers like, too. That's yeah, I know, but but you know, ACDC oh. had their own guitar sound. Black Sabbath but, came up with their own guitar sound. But like also, you're Eddie talking about a lot of guys that were a now. long Nobody time has ago their own signature when that stuff was brand new. Sound any longer? Because everything's been done. Have, There's nothing yeah. new. No, everything yeah, every, has, been every, every has, been, has been done. You're just trying to make what has already been out there for the last 40 years, maybe a little bit better here and there. But nobody's come out with their new signature sound that is. Uh, hundred percent different than everybody you've ever heard of. Yeah. So and, all, all we do nowadays is try to recreate older guys, tones, tones, tone, create older way, guys, uh, tones as older guys. Craven <laughs> sodas in the chat, asking me to sell my Pete freeze and BC rich mockingbird. No, 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 <laughs> I love that guitar. I've chased that guitar for years. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not selling. Speaking of guitars, tonight's show and tell guitar uh, clue, because of course I have a cool show and tell guitar for you guys. It's um, it's something to do with tone. In fact, it's two very distinct tones. There is your clue. Double neck, huh? Two tones. I don't know. Tone. What was the clue again? I was I fell asleep. It's, for it's a two very different, very distinct tones. Hmm. 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 Wow. Mama Kuda saw the guitar earlier and she's like, What's gonna be your clue for that one? I'm like, I don't know, I'll think it up on the fly. Well, make sure you fly a zipper today. That was very embarrassing. It's interesting. Craven Soda um, says you're saying the older you get, the less gain you use. Not necessarily, but I think the more the more attention you pay to to actual tone shaping and dynamics versus versus just driving the shit out of a guitar. I mean, yeah, anybody can plug a guitar into any amp and just dime the thing and jam and it's going to sound fucking cool but it's when you clean up it's when you clean up something like that like when you're i don't know a great example is it's an old video but when you watch um when you watch jimmy page with led zeppelin in 1970 at the royal albert hall and he's doing um you know he's doing his guitar solo and a lot of it has um it's Black Waterside, which is a song by Bert Jantz, and a couple other things. And he's jamming, and he's just fucking shredding through the thing. And then he stops, and he turns his volume down, and he starts playing a little bit of, like, Beethoven classical, picking a little bit of, like, classical Beethoven in there. And you go, oh, like, that's cool. It's a nice little, the dynamic change is special. Or when Eddie Van Halen would do, you know, um, uh, Cathedral. You know, that's not distorted. It certainly has some effects on it, but it's not distorted. The cool part about it is the dynamics in it. Um, and I think that a lot of the dynamics are lost um, with, and, and by the way, with a lot of new metal, everything is just compressed to shit. 
And so you don't get a lot of the dynamics in that. I mean, I love Mark Tremonti as a player, and I think Alter Bridge is a cool band, but Jesus Christ, it's very it's it's fatiguing on your ears listening to a whole Alter Bridge album from start to finish. And that's not just Miles over singing everything. I mean, it's just everything is so dimed to the ceiling of the of the audio spectrum. It, that's why I love listening to Jimmy on an acoustic guitar or Zach Wilde on an acoustic guitar, because clearly Zach is a guy that uses way too much overdrive and way too much distortion and pinch harmonics. But when you put a 12 string in his hands and he starts playing real mellow stuff, you know, like Dwayne Allman shit, it's great. It's it's really fun to listen How to. How awesome was that, though, the first time you heard Zach doing all those pinch harmonics? It was Thank like, you, Sherman. What was that noise? I think, cool. I think No Rest for the Wicked is Ozzy's most underrated record. Oh, it's, it's the record. A great one. It, it saved his career. I mean, songs like Crazy Babies and Miracle Man and Fire in the Sky and, you know, Bloodbath in Paradise, Demon Alcohol, those are fantastic songs. Crazy! That saved, that, that saved, that saved Ozzy's career. I love that album. It's one it's one of my it's one of my favorite Ozzy albums, if not my favorite overall Ozzy album. I don't know, man. You know, we've we've talked about this before. Picking a favorite Ozzy album is so hard. I mean, it depends on like, you know, which guitarist. Because you have Zach, you have Jake, you have Randy, of course. You, you know, you could get into the Black Sabbath stuff if you really want to. I mean, it, there's just so much uh, an abundance of of good choices there that you really can't be wrong. You know, I've said this before. My favorite Ozzy album um, is uh, Ultimate Sin. And that's, you know, again, I guess the timing of, of growing up with it. And, you know, that was that was my first one. And I, I just love that album. I love Jake. But, yeah, I mean, I love, obviously, the Randy stuff. I love Zach's stuff. Um, I think we can all know. agree that, that the Gus G record was garbage, though, right? I was okay with I it. I never heard of it. I just, I uh, wasn't, I didn't think it was the greatest. Compa compared to the other yeah. major it's, it's his weakest album he had out there i didn't think he measured up i thought it was a decent album i never heard yeah. it but the, my only experience with gus g is uh i was at nam one time and they brought him in to to take photos of him in front of his you know john they have those huge displays with the artists sure. sometimes and sure. so they bring him in to take pictures of him in front of that and he looked like he didn't want to be there at all you know? So that that was my only time seeing him, and I've never heard his record. No, at least he didn't bowl you over like Phil Collins. Oh. <laughs> It'd be really funny if like every <laughs> artist's thing was to like you know you know beef into Johnny Bean, like you know Tracy Guns walks by. Hey, fellas, hold on a sec. That's Johnny Bean. Ugh, there you go, Bean. <laughs> That's like the new thing at Nam is like well-known guitar <laughs> players. Is that Tracy now? It's somebody. I know who that it would is. be awesome though. <laughs> that would be cool if, if that uh, would be I, really funny. Would, it's like I got it's like I a rite of passage guy at Nam. I was known as the guy that everybody bumps into. Yeah, you're the <laughs> right. That'd be really funny. Is that right? <laughs> who is this? It's Kurt with a C. Kurt with a C. We had no Kurt with a K earlier. <laughs> oh, oh, did. How's it going? Great. Oh, I just had to make a comment uh, for Paul um, in agreement with him earlier. And this isn't a knock on when he was talking about Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge over singing everything. It's like I, I, I wanted to ask him if he agrees with me on this. 
he's a great singer, but it's like after half a song, it's like enough already. But yes. It's, but it's not a knock of these fantastic, but he just goes, so, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's He's so good, but it's like you almost want him to just take it down 15%. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, Miles Kennedy is arguably one of the three greatest rock vocalists in the game right now, along with Richie Kotzen and Jay Buchanan from Rival Sons. That said, just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's the Ingve Malmsteen effect. We get it. You can fucking sing. You've got a great voice. Like Christina Aguilera used to do it. Um, a couple of these other people, you know, can do it. And 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 at that point, you say to yourself, "Enough with the vibrato. We know you've got a shitload of range. Sing, just sing. Be great. Be a great singer." And Miles is a great singer. It's just too much sometimes. Um, it's like listening to a Primus record too. Same thing. In small doses, fantastic. But if you listen to like "Before Tomorrow Comes." from Alter Bridge's Blackbird record. What a magnificent vocal performance. What a magnificent song. But Christ, man, take it down a notch. Just a little bit. Kurt 5150. Uncle Leo! <laughs> I also, Hellstorm, I love Ricky Warwick Hang as on. well. Yes. Uh, Hellstorm just put, brought John Karabi and Ricky Warwick into it. I love Ricky Warwick's voice as well. Miles is a fantastic singer, but he sings too much, too soon, too often. In my opinion, Slash is actually in in town tonight. Go get him singing. Is he singing? Oh, I'm talking to Sims. <laughs> they didn't. He didn't stop oh. in the store on on his way. No, uh, no, he didn't stop in. I thought he would have uh, bought that guitar you showed last week. That double yeah, cut import. Right. That arm, I thought Slash would have been like, "We have to take a detour and go to Zim's Guitars." That one I saw on Talking Guitars in '80s Metal Live. Yeah, we got to get that one. I need that in my collection. I thought he would have done that. Yeah, because he was trying to call famous. during the show, and he's like, "No one's picking up. I don't understand." And I'm Slash. What the? All right, let's just drive there. We'll drive there while we're on tour. We'll Paul's go got a guitar here that Slash would want. Yeah, I do. Um, I'll bet he does. Yeah, he he would want my Max absolutely. Um, he would. Uh, answering question for Wayno in the chat. It's called "Before Tomorrow Comes" on uh, on Blackbird. It's the second. It's the second Alter Bridge uh, record. Um, and and it's just proof that Alter Bridge can't write a hit because it's Tomorrow a hit I'll better song. wipe it up. It's a hit song. It's a fantastic song. <clears throat> Unfortunately, nobody cared. It's I I don't get it. I don't get why a song that good. Um, it's well written. It's well sung. It's got a great hook. It's got a great guitar solo, and and it didn't pop. And I don't know why. Pop. Slash is on tour of Vista Light nineteen seventy two. He's doing. Uh, he's touring for his new record. Four. He slash never takes time off the road because he has a he's huge. Eighty-five percent of his life, he's on the road. He loves that lifestyle. And he well, he also has a huge nut to pay for his divorce. And he has a huge nut to bust in every groupie backstage. So be sure to go see Slash. <laughs> you know what? I don't. Slash is not a. Slash is not a. a is not that guy, man. You know. He's not. I am. Like, Slash is not that decadent. I need to hang out with guy. Slash more. Hey, hey, Mancuda, you know what? Can you take this girl off my back? Sure. If, if he was like that, I don't think he would have survived all these years. Yes, I mean, yeah. Well, he was more into the substance abuse than the than yeah. the getting laid. Slash you know, was a guy, partier. 
here here's the thing in the 80s you were like usually into either you know getting high and getting drunk or you were into getting laid some guys were into both but then it was like you know they're like passed out and some groupies looking like well whose dick am i gonna suck now and you know he he does he just plays just plays guitar now He's like Eddie Van Halen. He's like some of those other guys. When he's not on stage, he's backstage with a guitar. I mean, he really is one he of those guys. Really That's all he does. Guitars yeah. and reptiles. That's his thing, man. He, you know, he likes he likes going to, to reptile stores and seeing snakes and fucking lizards and shit like that Wait and playing guitar. And good for him. He's yeah, awesome. Want- and 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 couldn't be a nicer guy. Yeah, no, Slash is Slash is a cool guy. Uh, and yes, Keith Campbell, 20 years sober. Mm-hmm. That's very cool to hear. He's also got a pacemaker. Not as cool as the sober part, but <laughs> hey, you know, that's you know, maybe he's got you know, that's the secret of his tone. He gets a little feedback from it, and he's like, Hey, wait a minute. Ooh, <coughs> ooh, wow. ooh. I didn't know that. You didn't no, know he had a pacemaker? That'd be really wow. neat. Oh yeah, yeah. He got he had a, he had some heart problems a while back. He, if you look, he's got a little scar in his chest. He had a pacemaker put in. Hmm. Yeah, that'll happen when you do mounds and mounds and mounds of cocaine for a decade. <laughs> you your heart tends to go fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, listen. No one <clears throat> makes a pacemaker look cool like Slash does. Wilfred Brimley did. But, you know, rest in peace, our beloved Wilfred. <laughs> and uh, David Crosby, not as cool. Not as cool. I'm sorry. James Stewart with the question. Uh, have, have you been offered? Macker. M-E-H-K-E-R. Macker. Have you been offered payola and does it still exist? Payola absolutely still still exists. And if I were ever oh, offered yeah. it, I wouldn't fucking admit to it. <laughs> I'm not saying I have been, but I'm saying if I were, I wouldn't fucking admit to it <clears throat> because it's, it's illegal like the mob fuck. that doesn't exist. If you don't think, if you don't, you got to wonder where some of those trips come from. You could win a trip to go see Ozzy in London. If you don't think somebody paid for that trip for promotional consideration, payola is legal as long as it's announced. True story. If you if you announce, hey, you know, we're doing this. Here's the new song from Slash, thanks to Gibson Records. Gibson Records can pay for that spin. It just has to be declared. Payola has always existed. Promotional consideration provided by. You've heard that on game shows. You hear it on, on award shows all the time. Promotional consideration provided by American Airlines. That means they flew all the fucking stars into L.A. for the, for the Oscars. That's Payola. It's in exchange of goods and services and in exchange for promotional consideration. And it absolutely exists. I just want oh, I everyone thought you were talking about peyote. I, I just want exists. everyone to know that Kith never does payola. Right. And it exists in every industry. If you think that those Doritos are sitting at eye level at the end cap at, at you know your local supermarket is just placement, just, just that seems like a good place for them. Bullshit. <laughs> They paid hey, for uh, it. Jimmy, put those Oreos anywhere on the shelf. Okay, boss. Yeah. No. No. Nope. They're, they're at eye level from this six-foot mark to that six-foot mark. Yep. These two shelves specifically center of the aisle. You bet. You're watching, you're watching your favorite television show, and your favorite star is holding a drink just conveniently with the logo in front of 
Hmm. That's called product placement, and it costs money. How many times did you see the, the Apple logo? Wait a second, Johnny. What product <laughs> is that? Coffee. Somebody paid Johnny for Johnny Bean for Folgers crystals. For. Johnny Bean for Folgers crystals for a new generation. Just water. <laughs> Speaking of water, I, I assume you guys and and everyone in the chat saw the Super Bowl. Give me some yeah. water, cause I shot a man at the Mexican border. Cool, cool water. That's a great song. Sorry. I, I assume everybody anyway. uh, saw the Super Bowl. And if you didn't, you're probably going to be bored for the next segment of the show. Even Mama Kuda watched it with me. Um, my favorite, favorite Super Bowl commercial was for Liquid Death, which is a, it's a water. It's a canned water that looks like kind of like a like a beer can or or spiked yeah. liquor can. And it's liquid, liquid death and it's water. And they used... Judas Priest breaking the law, um, which, by the way, wasn't played by Judas Priest. It was played by a cover band doing that song. But it was so cool. You're basically watching a kid's party. And as the song breaking the law is playing, you know, you see these kids like rocking out like they're drinking hard alcohol with it. They're like. Uh, you know they get looking like they're drunk and you know about to make out with each other and then at the end a pregnant woman looks in on them and starts drinking it you know and it looks like they're drinking like a hard alcohol or a beer in the commercial to the song and it was so fucking cool that was like hands down my favorite super bowl commercial uh of this year and i i thought it was great that they used judas priest hey dwight bailey my favorite commercial was a local commercial here. You know, the, the networks give high-paying local clients, advertisers, they get like one or two minutes an hour that they can sell to local spots. And there are lawyers here in town. Lerner and Rowe are the name of the law firm. Um, and Glenn Lerner lives up in Vegas, and Kevin Rowe lives here in Phoenix. And the commercial was the two of them, and it's a green screen in front of them. But you hear, and it's an ambulance going down the street and they're both going, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, wait, hang on. And you can hear the siren going for like 15 seconds and the ambulance takes a left and there's an ice cream truck in front of the ambulance and they get up and like, oh God, I got to have a drumstick and a bomb pop and give me one of the, and I was like, that's the fucking greatest commercial ever. So the local that's lawyers, cool. the local lawyers here in town crushed it. That, and I thought the cable guy commercial with Jim Carrey was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that but was other than, other than that, most of them sucked. I thought did most of the commercials that, were awful. Did you notice that most of the good ones were like celebrity retro commercials? You had like the two guys from Scrubs, a show yeah. I was on once. Um, on the or um, you didn't see, didn't see you. Yeah, like I most know. of the, most of the shows you're on. You missed me that way. <laughs> you shouldn't have blinked. You shouldn't have blinked. I was a doctor on that one. Um, but no, uh, they had the two leads from Scrubs in one retro commercial, and another was Larry David, like through history. That was really fun. Larry David is great in everything. You you want to hate him, but you can't. He's just likable. <laughs> he, um, but I, but I thought Larry the David uh, is great. Is he really though? Is he really so is great? He really though? Um, Salma Hayek looked fucking outstanding in her commercial. Oh my god, is she still oh, the one with Arnold? Looking. She's got she's got a great doctor. Whatever her doctor is doing, I love it. 
What was the Arnold Holy Schwarzenegger shit. one again? What was that one about? Oh, that See, was my other with... favorite, where, where he plays Zeus. Yeah, oh, you can't. Play. It's for it's for like you know it was, it was for like electric cars or whatever. And yeah, and he's um, living in Palm Springs. The thing that's he's, that he's about getting it frustrated is, in his retirement. You know? Yeah. What he's sucks like is playing golf and people like, hey Zeus, ah, ah. <sighs> yeah. If you if you can't remember the product, it wasn't that great a commercial. And I think that that's a, you know, um, that's one of the mistakes that some of the advertisers make is, oh, that commercial with so-and-so. And you go, yeah, I loved it. What was it for? You're done. I mean, you got it's yeah. got to be memorable. You got to know what the product is. Otherwise, it was just you rented a celebrity for fucking 30 seconds and nobody remembers what the product is. Uh, that's not true. It's Keith Campbell. Salma has had work done. <clears throat> She's I just got. Care, I don't care if she. I don't care if she had yeah. jackhammers on her. Yeah. I want a jackhammer on her also because she looked smoking hot, mm -hmm. like she always has. That woman. I don't care. I don't, I don't she's care stunning. if you had she's work stunning. done. As long as it's good work, do it. Do it. No, she's she's, she's stunning. She's stunning. Stunning, beautiful. I don't, I don't care if you get breast implants, film with wood chips. I don't care. There's a girl. There's a girl here in town that reminds me of Salma Hayek. She's a traffic reporter on the NBC affiliate. Her name is Vanessa Ramirez. Your, your Google, your Google. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, right I'm, now. Getting, I'm getting the uh, address <laughs> into my uh, Vanessa my road trip ready to go. Mom, pack me snacks. Vanessa Vanessa Ramirez, Channel Twelve, Phoenix, um, and she is Salma Hayek hot. I mean, she's. See, Fucking when gorgeous. the report comes on, they're uh -oh. like, and uh Johnny, oh look, that's is that Selma now? Is that Selma now? Uh no, yeah, let, I, let me get it. Let me get it. Yeah, I, are you I, get I, it? I can actually just take take it out of here. I right, get it out of there. See the as, girl on channel on Fox 10 that used to that took over for Carrie Lake. That girl know. smoking hot. Fox 10. Fox. She's she is. Yeah, she's I did, Bozik. I did, I did uh I did ask her out. She just ignored me. She didn't shoot me down, but she didn't acknowledge the request at all. Her words to Paulie specifically were, I'm sorry, Paulie. I mean, we're just such good friends. Do you know Mancuda? No, I I, uh, I basically said to her, I sent her a message because we, we worked the same schedule, so it was impossible to get in touch with her. I said, look, you know, if you want to go grab some coffee or something after work one of these times, you know, let me know. Just say the word. No word. So it wasn't really, it wasn't like I really asked her out. But, but it could happen, though. It could happen. It could. She's very, very nice. She's very nice. She's a sweet, sweet woman. And God damn, is she beautiful. Every time I turn into that newscast, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Paul, he also had the hots for the um, uh -huh. Arizona uh -huh. Cardinal, uh, the, the, the Diamondbacks girl. Uh -huh. That's the same girl. Oh, it's the same yeah. girl. Yeah, sure is. Yep, she is. She is. Johnny, you want to grab a picture of that girl? Um, she is as good looking as it gets. Uh, what? Uh, change my lights. I love how down in Mexico the weather girls are just drop dead gorgeous, right? Well, that this girl oh, is and Mexican. They're, and they're always that majorly. I turn on Telemundo and they're always majorly, majorly busty. It's always, it's always like um and. And now the weather report with uh, with our little chica Consuela. Hello. Today is sunny. Sunny. That's only 
only slightly racist. Only Sorry. slightly racist. Slightly. Just hey, listen, I'm attracted <laughs> to what I'm attracted to, man. Pequeño racism. Pequeño. <laughs> poquito. Poquito. She's she's a she's a, a beautiful girl and she seems nice. The thing is, she does work for the Diamondbacks. She's like the in, you know, the stadium. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. And she does she does the I stadium. I need some Vaseline for my Vaseline. Johnny, yeah, she find could, the girl on Fox Ten for me. She could. Ooh. That girl. That girl couldn't oh be more beautiful. God. I mean, she's Fox perfect. She's perfect. Um, I should she, write to her now and tell her to get an advanced restraining order ready because I'm going on a road trip. She is as gorgeous as it gets, and she also hosts the in-stadium thing at the uh, at the Diamondbacks games. My guess is every major league player that's come to Phoenix since she started doing those games is like, oh, yeah, I got a shot with that. And she <laughs> shuts them all down. So, yeah, she couldn't get I like any funny any, guys. By the way, Kuda. By the way, everything about that girl is natural as well. You don't see from the hips down, but the curves continue. And you know at Chase Field here in Phoenix, uh, where the Diamondbacks play, they do have a swimming pool out in center oh. field. And she walks around in her bikini out there. And it's right next to the other team's bu uh, bullpen. Yeah, she's she's as good looking as it gets. God, Zook. And, and all of that said, super nice too. Like that's the other thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, the other way 50, around. 350. 3PO, shut them all down. Yeah. No, yeah. she's so that's no. that's that's the kind of shots that I'm taking at women. When Dane goes, Hey, how what was it like being alone on Valentine's Day? I was alone on Valentine's Day because that's the kind of girl I think I can date. <laughs> Actually, watching channel twelve. No, I, I take those high shots too. Not to I get I take those high her. shots too. I Not take those high shots her. too. Yeah, I, I shoot. I try. I I way out. Try to outkick my coverage. I mean, that's just you know. You know what? Let me tell there, you. There's something. a thing. Let, let me girl give like a that. Advice. No, let you're right, John. I'm going to say the same thing. A girl like that is single more often than not because no guy will ask her out because they're all intimidated by her. So Bingo. I figure I'm going out on a blaze of glory. I'd rather go out on my shield than be on my deathbed and going. I wish I'd hit on Vanessa. No, absolutely. And and you know what? A lot of times I, I've gotten that from I've dated some gorgeous, gorgeous girls and usually like the hottest ones, the models, the, you know, whatever. They've told me specifically, you know what? Nobody asks me out because they're so afraid that yep. I'm going to shoot them down. And so many times I'm not going to. I just want like someone to ask me out normal, you know, not like you know, creepy or anything, just normal walk up. Hey, you know, can, you know, could we go out sometime? Just normal. And guys won't take that shot. They're too afraid or they, or they make the mistake of getting liquid courage in them first. And then they're like <laughs> nine shots in the bag. And they're like, Hey, hey you, you want to fuck? Do you like to fuck? I like to fuck. Who do I like to fuck? Fuck. Fuck. Here's the thing. Fuck. I know, I know one thing. There are two things you I know. Go out. Two things I know. I'm not ugly, and I'm not Jason Momoa. I'm there you go. That's all you need I'm, to know. I'm somewhere in the middle there. In fact, I'd like to consider myself more Jason Momoa with a dad bod than than some girls like dad bods. And then Seth Rogen. Um, so 
you know, you, if you've got, I look if like a, Seth Rogen, according to Michael Anthony, a little bit. That's what he told me. A little bit, except not quite as tall or fat. There you go. Or talented, or rich, or successful. Johnny, can you can you put None up a it. picture of another news uh, girl we have, Carrie Lake? Let's Carrie Lake is Carrie she's Lake. running for she's running for governor of the state of Arizona. Yeah, let, John, let me know if you would vote for this woman as governor. If you she's also she's also I, very I may very cast hot. my ballot between her Carrie Lake C A R I is how you K A K A R I K A R I Lake. That's and why she's, she won't she's go out so with very you. Gorgeous. You misspelled her name. She's like oh, that kind of sweet little blonde guy. That that sweet blonde guy is so nice. He misspelled yeah. your name. Oh, she's also mind. very, very gorgeous, but she's also crazy. She's a whack job, which is they're good. all they're all crazy. It comes. With I know Joe Herbie. You you have to balance the level of beauty and crazy. You got to kind of find it right in the, yep. middle, right in the middle, maybe a little yeah. bit more beauty that you could tolerate. But yeah. It comes with the vagina. Well, can't try fifty-five. I. When I was up over three hundred fucking pounds, I was compared to Peter Griffin. When you have no chin, when your neck just comes out, <laughs> when that thing comes out and stuff, you know you have a yeah. yeah Carrie is yes. Carrie's a no. mom. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, str- no. Show the show the full body picture, John. With all that political <laughs> no, power, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't. I don't like short hair. You don't like I don't that like look. All that political power. I don't like short hair on a girl. What's that one on the right? That photo looks like she's been photoshopped. That one on the right, lips. <laughs> that one where she's got the yellow it looks like someone photographed, a, photoshopped a head in there. Yeah, no, it's um, no, not for me. Not for she looks like a soccer mom. <laughs> she looks, she looks like yeah. she'd be asking for the manager at uh, at uh, yes, well, Target. She, she looks more like a Karen than a Carrie. Um, yeah, yeah, she too, does too look Karen-y. like a Karen. No, I can't do that. She's gonna run as a Republican. She loves. She's a Trump lover. Octopus ears. Let's is hear more asking. about that, Zims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, octopus. Octopus ears. Uh, let's try to bring octopus, politics into the show. That makes sense. No, non-political not, show, not. Dane. Non-political <laughs> show. Non-political show. No, no, no politics. We don't do it. Um, octopus ears asks Neanderthal Mancuto, "What is the youngest you would go for?" in a serious relationship. Um, listen, I, I, I've been asked this before and I keep saying the same answer. It's a case by case basis. I've dated chicks that are older and they're totally immature. And I've dated chicks that are like super young, but legal. Uh, and they are totally immature. And I love a girl who's immature, but smart. Okay. I love a, I love a, all seriousness. I love a girl with a brain that doesn't mind being my little, you know, 12 year old minded playmate. You know what I'm saying? Minded, not age. Um, you know, I, I want someone that likes to be silly, but also can run a business. You know, someone that's like really heavily educated, well-traveled, but loves to like play with the toys in the aisle of the supermarket. That's, that's what I like to do. So I like someone um, like that. So for me, it's not an age I would get, honestly, I would get in a serious relationship. If a really smart 18 year old came my way, no problem. If a really immature 40 year old came my way, no problem. It, it doesn't matter to me. It's a number. It goes by the person and what life experiences have shaped them. Girls that have modeled and traveled the world since a young age or been in the entertainment business 
are really, really mature because they've been through so much business that they've had a lot of life experience more than your average 30-year-old just sitting in their apartment that graduated high school and didn't go to college. And, and you know, again, they're smart girls that didn't go to college. I'm not saying there's not, but I am saying in an effect, legal to whatever age, I don't care about a number. I care about how the person is inside, what their mind has experienced. Um, and that's pretty much it. I really, I really, yeah, 19 to 69, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm open when for there, everybody. When there's a girl that is younger than one of my daughters, I don't think I could go there. As I'm someone who doesn't have no. daughters, I'm no. open to anything. College co-eds, knock on my door, baby. Yeah, it's it's a matter of of having shit in common. Um, I don't know that I don't know that I have a whole lot in common with a twenty five year old. I just I just don't know that I do. Uh, and if I do, great. Um, my ex wife was eight years older than me. I never asked. <clears throat> I never asked her age. I mean, I you know you you look at what you like, um, and what you like is what you like, and what you're attracted to is what you're attracted to. Um, but there's, I, I think there is a certain, I, I don't know that the number matters <clears throat> as much as the connection matters. I have a friend of mine who is significantly younger that I would have no problem dating. Um, I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean significantly like, like fucking like 19, 20, 25, she's over 30. She's probably 35, 36 years old. And that's fine. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, I've met some 60 year olds that I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to talk to because they don't have their shit together. So I think, I think you just, I think, I don't that know that, now? but they can take their teeth out. <laughs> yeah. Which is a plus. That's the plus. I don't but, know. But so does a crack whore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know that, that, that the number matters as much as the commonality and the connection. And I don't know that. Yeah, it's a weird, that's a weird thing. I think it's, it's an, it's look, saneness. That, yeah. That, let me it give all you, it comes down to being sane. Well, good let luck me, with that. We're like, talking dating women, John. Let me give you a, a, a good metal analogy. Chicks. My father, no, some metal chicks are fucking nuts. Um, and some are great. My father, my father was 42 and my mother was 19 when I was born or when she got pregnant. She was 20 when I was born. No, she was still 19 when I was born. Um, and so there's, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I mean, when you're, when you're twice, when you're more than twice the age of yeah. the woman that you're fucking, you know, when you're old enough to be her daddy, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a problem. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have that answer. Who's your daddy and what, what, what does possibly, he do? What could you possibly have in common with a girl that young? Right. But, so. but here's what I'm talking about, Dane. And, and to Paulie's point, he's saying what you have in common. It depends. You could be. Yes, we do have depends in common depends. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. depends in common is a. <laughs> when you that's go the other direction. This is, this is, sometimes this is I back wear, to, Sometimes she wears mine. This, this is back to where you have to take it on a case by case basis. I'm sure I'm not going to come across a lot of girls that are going to say, "Oh my God, Mancun and I have so much in common. We're huge comic book and guitar collectors, and uh, we both love to masturbate in public a lot, and we're pink." Uh, that's probably not going to happen. So I look at, okay, 
what TV shows do we like together? Do we have the same sense of humor? That doesn't mean we grew up watching the same exact cartoons and eating the same breakfast cereal as kids. It just means... Do we are we able to laugh together? Are we able to sit down and watch a sitcom on TV today and have the same level of humor? Have we traveled to some of the same places in the world or have that desire to travel? Are we both foodies? Do we both enjoy going to a steak restaurant or are you a vegan and we're probably going to disagree a lot when we go out to eat? It all depends on what you're looking for in common. There's so many plateaus of what you have in common you could look for. It doesn't necessarily have to be your prime hobbies. My ex-girlfriend of eight years and I, she didn't read comic books or give a shit about guitars, but we traveled a lot. We liked food a lot. We liked the same TV shows. So we had a lot in common. I will tell you this, in an, in an effort to try and bring it back toward music, um, I, met my ex, I met my ex-wife while I was in a bed. <clears throat> she didn't give a shit. She was at the bar. She was having a great time. She was, you know, I'll blow beer. anyone in the band. <laughs> no, no. She was she was cool. She was the one like she this. Was, <laughs> she was very That's cool. They met his. David Lee Roth's not available, but I need some cock. And uh the opening band. And she was a fan of music, but different music. We were fans of different music. Good music. And and it was important that Johnny, when's the last time you played anywhere? Oh, the shower. Yeah. All right. You can talk. <laughs> Thank you. False flag. Thank um, you, False flag. But the point being, um, <laughs> she had her thing. I had my thing. Um, you know, I, I have had girlfriends. I've had girlfriends who did the whole, you know, when are you going to give up music or your band or me shit? And the answer was my band. The answer was music. The answer was because, yeah. because, any woman or man, if that's what you're into, you know, we're, we're certainly advocates and, and, uh, and allies here on the show. Anyone that tries to dictate your life choices is a fucking red flag. Get oh. rid of them. Get rid of them. And or, don't or when change are you getting rid of your dog. Yeah, when are you getting? Oh, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, hey, right. When, you, when you're, I, honey, I love my rhino more than you. Are you kidding? I've had that conversation. So when your dogs About die, you're not. No, when your dogs oh. die, you, you're not going to have another. You're not going to get another one, are you? I'm like, you're goddamn fucking right, I am. No, you, you're going to get another two. Here's the thing: my ex-wife and I, we didn't fight very often. It was, you know, the way our the way our marriage split up was as amicable as you could ask for. She's great, and I wish her all the best of luck in the world. That said, when we did have the discussion, you can go, the dogs stay, and she got it. She knew it. She was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go. You can keep the dogs. Um, those are those things that you, you know, there, there are fundamental foundational things about your character. And one of my foundational things is I'm a musician. What I do for a living, <clears throat> excuse me, is in the music industry and in the show business industry and in the performance industry. And I have done this for 35 plus years. If you can't deal with the world that I exist in, you and I are not going to be together. And that's the same thing I imagine for that incredibly hot, you know, uh, uh, Vanessa girl that I hit on. Same thing. She probably has a real difficult time finding somebody that she can be in a relationship with because let's face it, she's one of the hottest women you'll ever see on television. Every guy is hitting on her. If you're oh, yeah. insecure, if you're a boyfriend that is insecure about having a woman that looks like that in your life and you think, and you can't deal with that, then she's going to fucking kick you to the curb too. 
So yeah, I've got a couple thousand CDs here and I've got a few dozen guitars and I have long hair in my fifties and I have dogs and all of those things are fundamental tenets of your personality and who you are. And that's why I'm single. Yeah. If you, if you, if you don't find someone who likes you for you as right. you are, that's right. number one, then, yep, then fuck that. you're in the wrong boat. Okay. You don't have don't to know, like more relationship. Look, advice, I, like guys. Warrant, I like warrant. You like, um, nirvana or whatever that that's fine we don't have to listen to the same music but you have to accept that i like warren yeah of course with her oh, no. to whatever she wants me to look at that jesus christ no but is, you know as far as hot chicks, she is a woman of my dreams if, jesus christ if you is. want if you want a hot chick Weeknights on your arm 11. you have to <laughs> <Yeah>. realize <laughs> you're accepting the responsibility of you know some a million guys hitting on them. You're you have to walk proudly and confidently that you have this hot chick on your arm. Because if you're insecure and you're worried that guys are going to hit on your girl, it's going to happen, dude. Then date date like a really ugly chick. Because Been there. if you don't want guys <laughs> to hit on your girl, date an ugly chick. I've dated some beautiful like women. Girl. I've dated some really beautiful women <laughs> who are ugly on the inside. <laughs> Which one do you want? You want to get, you want to date that girl and let people hit on her and walk confidently saying, that's my arm candy. Or do you want this chick? Eh, meh, no one's hit on me in weeks. Make your choice. Ugly girl uh, or hot girl. Look, you know, you've heard the phrase before. Um, the, you know, show me the hottest girl you've ever seen. And I'll show you a guy who's tired of putting up with her shit. Um, you know, and, and, and vice versa, by the way. There's got to be a reason why Jason Momoa and uh, and what's her face broke up, and and it may not be her, it might be him, he might be a fuck up, who knows? I mean, you know, it is what it is. So uh, my ex wife and I, we get, let's try to bring it back to music again. My ex wife and I, my ex wife was a big fan of like the Cure and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Morrissey. And alternative dork shit that I I just you know and don't get me wrong I like some alternative bands but she likes some shit that I didn't like she couldn't give a fuck less about Motorhead she likes the energy and she'd like going to the shows and stuff and it was fun but she was not going to go buy you know a record from Killer Dwarfs she's not going to get a hand job at a Killer Dwarf show and she's not going to give a hand job at a Killer Dwarf show um, wrong girl you don't have to like the music but you gotta play with the sausage <laughs> what else are you doing you're not rocking out you're not enjoying the music suck my dick but i don't i don't you know i don't know a lot of i don't know a lot of women that share my my musical tastes i just don't i don't know a lot of i don't know that that's and by the way that's not a consideration i think that if you like 80s metal bands um you know, finding somebody that, that digs that stuff, that's, that's got their shit together. And that's still, that's a, that's a rarity. Hellstorm, Hellstorm wins cold. the internet today. Yes. That's pretty good. Hell, Hellstorm's advice. Find a girl that looks at you the way Wilfred Brimley looked at his diabetes monitor. But the other side of that, the other side of that is, you know, uh, I listen to my music because I love my music and I don't want it tied to a relationship i don't want it tied to uh, they're separate things my guitars are a separate thing you know my my ex-wife never not once in the 26 years we were together touched one of my guitars never she had no interest didn't care 
was my thing. Not her thing was my thing. She rode bicycles, you know, trek street bikes. That was her thing. She was a cyclist and liked doing her thing. I have a mountain bike, but I never once threw my leg over one of her, her road bikes. It was just, that was her thing. This is my thing. And that's okay. Uh, you know, you, you can't connect the two. They don't always have to be, that's not the thing that you have to have in common. Um, and so I have a, a fairly decent, and she took her, took her musical collection with her when she left. She had, and we kept our CDs separate. We never, we didn't put, we didn't have one library. I had a library. She had a library. If she wanted to listen to something that I had, I would burn her a copy of it. And the reason being is because she would take my CDs and listen to them and then take them out and throw them on the passenger side of her car and leave them out in the sun and shit. And I couldn't deal with that. My, it was my OCD kicked in. I couldn't handle it. So I, I basically would say, well, what album do you want to listen to? And she'd be like, I don't know dire straits brothers in arms or whatever it is so i go all right cool and i go over to the cd burner burn her a cd take it off the little spindle hand it to her and when she needed another one i burnt her another one it was just easier that way oh look my my ex you know wasn't into guitars she bought me them as gifts she knew my appreciation of them one time uh i came home and you know there she was dressed up in rocker clothes playing with one of my pink iron birds goofily just to amuse me um, and I took her to Nam, and we, you know, had a lot of fun taking photos and looking around and she saw me playing with the guitars. She didn't play guitar. She didn't want a guitar. She, it's things you do together. Look, I'm not into Elton John so much, but I went with her to a concert of Elton John and she went with me to Motley Crue. It, it doesn't, you don't have to have everything in common. You just have to have certain things in common, like able to hold a conversation, able to enjoy meals together, want to spend time laughing together, similar humor. Certain things matter, certain things don't. And uh, look, at the end of the day, Johnny and Dane spent uh, Valentine's Day disappointing their significant others. And Paulie and I spent uh, Valentine's Day alone uh, and destitute. And there you go, folks. How and, was and your Valentine's Day, everyone in the chat? And my Valentine's Day was so fucking good. Uh oh, I gotta go get Lemmy. My my Valentine's Day was so good that at about 7 38 o'clock on Valentine's night, I got fucking put into Facebook jail. So now I'm alone <laughs> and I can't even communicate on social media. It's like you're like being locked away. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta go, uh, I gotta go get Lemmy. You can hear her barking. I'll be right back. Okay, while you're doing that, um, yeah, let's let's touch on something John Bulwer brought up, which uh, is on my list of stuff to to bring up today. The um, the rock and roll, the the, the uh, Monsters of Rock cruise, rather for 2022 happened, and I saw some videos from it. I saw some um, some YouTube videos from it, little clips from people playing songs and bands interacting, and from what I heard, it was awesome as as expected as predicted i mean look you saw that band lineup and and for those not familiar i'm gonna read off who was there because it was pretty much i mean the highlight of course was uh was alice cooper who was the big headliner but uh going through the lineup alice cooper queensreich tom Kiefer of cinderella skid row lit la guns kicks Winger, Michael Monroe, Great White, Heat, 
Loudness, Tra- Pat Travers, YNT, Eclipse, Vixen, Rose Tattoo, Mike Tramp of White Lion, Black and Blue, Firewind, Chris Holmes. Well, I don't, I don't think Chris made it. Uh, Joel Hoekstra, Lillian Axe, Faster Pussycat, Pink Cream 69, Dangerous Toys, Killer Dwarfs, XYZ, Bisto Blanco, Electric Boys, Crazy Licks, Little Caesar, Roxanne, Signal 13, the mayor, John Karabi, uh, and somewhere in there, somewhere in there, I don't see them listed, but they were absolutely Keep going. There. They're there. Uh, I'm on a different list. I don't know oh. why they're, they might've been added later after this list I'm looking and our very, well, let's see, uh, stop, stop, hardcore superstar, our very own nerd Halen, Caleb Rappaport and company, our nerd Halen proudly flying the Johnny Bean TV flag, our very own nerd Halen. And let's put it this way. Caleb was a true carrying the Van Halen flag representative on that boat. Not only was the show amazing and you can watch clips of it on YouTube. I highly recommend it. But also at one point, Alice Cooper had a Q&A and Caleb Stood up to ask him a question about Eddie Van Halen, and Caleb got a huge round of applause. It's nice to see Caleb Rappaport being appreciated for the amazing guitarist and humble person that he is. Because very much like Eddie, he's not being a douchebag. He's being very friendly. He's carrying on the flag of humility of his ability, which is tremendous. And I've always said, um, you know, who is basically the, the person that best carries the flag of, of Van Halen as far as, you know, playing like Eddie and treating people the way Eddie would. And uh, my answer has always been Caleb. So it's nice to see that, you know, being echoed when he stands up and, and says to Alice Cooper, hey, you know, I'm uh, Caleb Rappaport. I'm uh, the the guitarist of Nerd Halen, a tribute band to Eddie Van Halen, and got a huge round of applause. And then the question was great. You know, the question was basically, you know, Alice Cooper, you know, you were around at the beginnings of Van Halen because Alice has been around, you know, in the 70s and he saw you know, Van Halen come to life, you know, what were your impressions of Eddie? What were your impressions of the band? What, you know, what memories do you have? And uh, Alice gave a great answer because Alice Cooper is incredibly well-spoken. Alice Cooper um, really, really, you know, he has a huge brain and loves to share it with the crowd. And he basically said, look, Van Halen came out as a party band and they living embodied the idea of being a party band. They took it to being the best party band out there. They said, we're the party. We are the party. We're coming to you. And our band is the party. When you see Van Halen as a show, it's a party. That's what you're coming for. You're coming to see Dave do over the top partying. You're coming to see Eddie do over the top crazy guitar playing and, 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 and Michael and Alex, you know, holding the bottom end and, you know, just having fun. When you're seeing Van Halen, you're having fun. And they embodied that better than any other band in the world. And, you know, they were the ultimate, ultimate party band. And then he said, you know, 
And they continue doing that, you know, throughout forever. He says the 90s was not kind to metal and he loves metal. He says the 80s was a great time. But look, in the 80s, you know, the thing about us was we were having such a good time. We kept doing more and more hairspray and more and more glitter and more and more spandex. And it got to be, you know, so much silly fun that we were just getting so carried away that, you know, every generation throws away the next generation. And that's why grunge had such an easy time coming in. And he said, and suddenly you had people, you know, coming and, you know, wearing flannel and looking at their shoes and, you know, less makeup and short hair and, uh, you know, basically coming in and, and, uh, being depressed. They made depression a thing to counteract the fun party attitude of the eighties. And he said the best line I've ever heard him say in my life. He said, I kind of just wanted to scoop up all these depressed nineties guys and put them on six big buses and drive them all to Disneyland and say, Hey, stop being so depressed. What's the matter here? Go to Disney, have fun. So I thought that was very cool. And uh, look, I saw there's so much great footage of that cruise online, obviously the nerd Halen shows, but you know, also Alice Cooper. I saw kicks do a great rendition of don't close your eyes the other day. Love um, that tune. Check, check it out. I mean, there's just, it's just so great seeing so many bands still really, really bringing it, um, you know, on that cruise and uh, you know, winger was great. And um, I saw, um, uh, Joel Hoekstra and uh, and and Dino, um, uh, I, I always butcher his name. Jalusic, Jalusic, yep. right? Yeah. Okay. Dino I always Jalusic. butcher the poor guy's name. D- Dino Jalusic, and they did a great, great version of um, White Snakes. I think it was "Is This Love." I forgot the song, but I think it was "Is This Love." And um, you know, Dino, of course, and Joel, you know, being a part of White Snake. Um, and uh, there's just so much good footage on there. I really want you guys, not now, obviously, but after the show, uh, start going on YouTube and looking up those performances. Because if you weren't on the cruise, I wasn't on the cruise, but I'm going to live vicariously through YouTube. Uh, the acts yeah. that they had this year were just spectacular, especially coming off you know, all the pandemic shutdowns and non-tours and canceled and pushback tours. Uh, from the pandemic, it's just so nice to see all our favorite bands coming back and putting out these great performances in these cruise ship settings. And I, I love it. And, uh, you know, like I said, hats off to Caleb for doing a great job uh, as Nerd Halen and, and, you know, really, really showing, look what you've got, man. Good for you. And uh, yeah, they've worked really hard at it and they deserve, they deserve something success. to pay off out of it. I've seen a few YouTube videos of those guys over at the casino recently, and they're playing to very small crowds behind masks. And so yeah. I was very happy to see that. They're Caleb played at the whiskey the with Nerd Halen recently. Arms in the air and just, yeah, it was really fun to watch. But it's nice mm-hmm. seeing them be received and accepted into that, you know, old school metal community because look, he is flying the Van Halen flag and he's doing it really really with the right reasons. He's not saying, "Hey, you know, Eddie's not here, so I'm here. Look at me, look at me." He's doing it out of a true love for Van Halen, like we all have. If you guys saw the 8-hour Van Halen tribute show when Eddie passed away, you know we're all here. We love 
Van Halen, all of us. Um, but you know, I think it's just nice to see Caleb just really doing everything for the right reasons and getting that success of being booked on a cruise like that with such, you know, other big names that he's, you know, deserving of being shoulder to shoulder with at this point, I think. Did you guys wow. in the chat see cool. Caleb's performance? Yeah. I, Jay I Hannon, of the great Jay Hannon of the band Gizmachi saw it and quote from Jay Hannon, quote, Nerd Halen killed it. Super excited for Caleb. Damn right. Let's get Gizmachi on that band show too. It's uh, it's yeah. good to see um, a dream make its way to fruition. People, you know, a lot of people don't know. We know Caleb a little bit better than other people. Um, and we know the amount of work and effort and the story behind the formation of that band. Um, and it has been multiple years in the making for them to get to this stage, which is really only, you know, the second step. The first step is getting some live shows. Well, they've had some live shows and they've had, uh, some success in some of these live shows. Now they're out amongst, there's an awareness. Um, and what they do is a tribute and it's a, it's an entertainment and it's a thing that, um, there's an expectation of, of competency, um, because they're trying some of the most beloved, they're expressing and playing some of the most beloved music that's ever been recorded amongst that crowd to get into that crowd play that music and you can bet your ass every guitar player in every band and every passenger who's ever picked up a guitar micro analyzed every fucking note that was played in every one of those songs. And if yeah. they weren't done correctly, it would have gone poorly. And the reality is Caleb is dedicated to doing what he does with precision and with competency and busted his ass. People don't know that that's his band. He yeah. put it together. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They're all equal partners. Every band is is a sum of its parts, and there are great parts in that band. You know, without Hal being as funny and good and competent and comfortable on stage. And oh, by the way, he can fucking sing too. Um, how's a great, How's a great singer in in David Lee Roth style? Right. Hal is a surprisingly good singer. Because look. You know Hal is a comedic and acting talent. You know, right. that you already know. But when you see him playing the David Lee Roth element with, and it's not just a cover band. For those that haven't seen Nerd Halen, it's a cover band with comedy elements added in. So they're playing straight Van Halen as good as can be with some jokes thrown in. And mm -hmm. it works. It works. It works. It works. Mm -hmm. And Hal is, like, like Paulie said, a surprisingly really good singer. He's yeah. got good pipes. And he's singing some of the Sammy stuff now too. They haven't really incorporated much of it mm -hmm. into their set. Um, but that's, that's, that's even for a singer, something I have a little of experience with, even for a singer, those are not easy songs to sing for a comedian who has spent his life perfecting one art and, and how is an ex exemplary comedian and a decent actor as well. He's done some acting roles that he's done very well in. Um, for a comedian to have the kind of talent, the writing talent, and the improv talent that he has in one, uh, uh, you know, one area of of performance, to be able to excel in a second area, to be sort of the jack of all trades deal, um, is notable. And 
and kudos to Caleb for seeing that and pursuing that, and kudos to Hal for recognizing that the opportunity was there to make it work. And every great partnership, um, you know, every great successful business venture is predicated upon having the right partners. And I think Caleb and Hal and Victor and um, and Jeff are fantastic players together. Um, yeah, because it was basically just a dream that that Caleb had thought up. And right. they, they were coming close to getting it together. And then COVID hit and pretty much delayed that for two years. And, you know, it's one thing when you are on stage and you're playing to a bunch of drunks at the bar that you don't really even know. But it's a whole nother mm -hmm. thing when you know the guys from all these legendary bands that you grew up admiring. They're out in the in the crowd. You're like, holy crap, man. The guys mm -hmm. from Black and Blue are in the audience. That's there were a whole people different thing. There were people on that ship, crowd, you know, band members on that ship that were personal friends of Edward Van Halen. So when you're doing something that is a tribute to something that they are intimately connected with, if you fuck it up, they take it personally. They're like, you know, I mean, there, there's there's a, and and if you do it well, they knew the guy that did it. And they're going to go, Ed would have liked that. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a certain amount of, and when you get into a room and I can tell you this is, as as again, having sat on stage with musicians in, in some of the biggest bands on the planet, when a musician in one of the biggest bands on the planet addresses you as a peer, it's a different, there's a level, a door has been opened. You're part of the, you're part of the fraternity, not a club. It's not, you know, there's no exclusivity in thing, but all of a sudden there's an acknowledgement of equality. And I think mm. most musicians crave that. It takes a we long all, time to get anywhere close to that. Right. And they want, and, and we all know what it takes. And maybe some of us don't um, in the chat that have never done it for a living or have ever tried it. But when John can sit across from Kevin Smith and hold a conversation to him with him as a peer, that is, mm. that's, a, that's an acknowledgement of achievement. That's an acknowledgement of validation of shitloads of hard work and years of dedication to what you do. And that means Valentine's Day alone sometimes. And it means not getting a chance to go out with the coolest people or to party and shit because you got to practice your fucking lines or you got to practice your guitar or you got to be at rehearsal, whatever it is. And Caleb does jobs and things that work around his schedule to make it work for him to put together. And he makes the time for the rehearsal to make this thing happen and to watch this step of validation culmination of the development of that band. And remember, it's been a couple of years, but when it's all said and done, it's only been a couple of years. And in mm. two years, he went from concept mm. to monsters of rock cruise. I don't know. I don't know many bands that start out and 24 months later are standing, are playing on the same show ship and, and stages as Alice fucking Cooper. And so, I, I could and be wrong, but let, I think Caleb. So a tip of the hat to that. Yeah, let me add in something really important that has to be pointed out. Every other band on that cruise that's advertised that people paid hard money to see is all original bands. Caleb is playing someone else's music and he's playing it that good, interjecting with his own and Hal's and the other guys, of course, comedic right. element to change it up a little bit taking what they've done over someone else's music to achieve yeah. that level of 
peer, that's something to be proud of. Yeah, that they made it their good. own. They made You're it their that own. good. Big yeah. deal. That's a keep big in mind deal. that there are two things there. It's a double-edged sword. When you're playing music that's established as well as it is with Van Halen, you're halfway through the gate because people already love the songs. The problem is people love those fucking songs, so you better get them right. Especially after Eddie passed. And Van Halen critics tell me that we are not the most nitpicky bunch of Karens out there. Oh, he's not playing it right. Oh, he's not doing this right. Oh, Eddie would never have done that. Nope, nope, nope bullshit he never gets that criticism caleb gets it right and as a person eddie's sweet like uh, caleb's sweet like eddie was that's a big important a little bit taller another thing that they're doing right is they put together that christmas song that isn't a cover of a van halen song they're doing nerd halen's version of white christmas or whatever the song was you remember they did. Yeah, wasn't that still that yeah. was still a cover of White it's Christmas? It's still a cover. Though. It's still a cover. Right, it's a cover, but they did it Nerd Halen style. It was a Van Halen. Yeah, no, but that's the Van whole Halen the whole style. thing is right. Nerd Halen style. Right. The whole thing is Nerd Halen style. So it's not but like that's that my point. I did but, here when but their that's ship exactly was docked one day. Their ship was docked, and there was another ship next to it. And I heard that uh, Van Halen was playing over in the other ship. <laughs> No, no, that was. They're that on, was a, they're on a, a row joke. behind them. They're rowing yeah, behind the ship. That one. That was a joke. It's them, them and Vinnie Vincent are both rowing behind the ship in dinghies. Come on, we got to get on that cruise. There's a, you know, there's a nothing um, against Van Halen. There's a uh, a school of thought, and I know this will sound weird to say it. Every guitar player since 1978, not everyone, but a good amount of guitar players since 1978 can play eruption not many people can play the rhythm guitar licks to stuff like out of love again or romeo delight or mean street or anything you know what i mean those are the yeah. things that gain you the credibility mm. tapping yeah. i can fucking tap all right you can tap dane can tap we can any that part of eddie van halen's playing very easy to mimic the rhythm and the and the phrasing of of Romeo Delight and the things that you're doing in Atomic Punk or you know uh um Light Up the Sky, those little things, those little nuances, those are the things that all those musicians on that boat were looking at. They don't give a fuck about the guitar solo and ice cream man. Most guitar players that are competent guitar players, present company excluded, most guitar players that are competent guitar players can play the solo and ice cream man. Not many of them can play the rhythm of ice cream man and have that swing. Not many people can do the butterfly picking the way Eddie did in the solo yeah, and ice cream man. Those little yeah, things, those things. little nuances are the things that make a good guitar player, a great guitar player. And if you're going to take on the music of an Eddie Van Halen or a Steve Vai or a Jimmy page or whatever great fucking guitar player you want to insert in there, Dixon, you'd better get Dixon. What your mouth Dixon, <laughs> you'd better get, the little things right because the little things when doing a tribute to somebody are the things that people look for the average person is is can do eruption you hear it in fucking guitar centers all over america every day you hear everybody play fucking enter sandman or the opening to walk from pantera everybody can do that can you play you know the rhythm the rhythm track in primal concrete sledge if you can do that well, i'm the can, one 
yeah, you're going to get the, the, the respect that you deserve. And those are the things that those guys work on that nobody pays attention to, except for when you have to. And good for them. Good for yeah, that. it makes you feel really good when somebody is in the audience that is somebody that you really admire. And I like That's to see the reason that my band drives over and we play at the Whiskey A Go Go all the time because you just never know who's going to be in that audience. And it's worth it to us rather than playing here at the bar in Scottsdale and the guy that works at the Circle K is in the audience. And, you know, <clears throat> and so again, we'll be there this Friday night. With uh, Eric, oh, is Martin. that what this is about? It was a nice, yeah, the nice, was a nice segue. This Friday night, the whiskey dogs. <laughs> this is where we were leading to, is to get to this plug. Yeah, this, this Friday this night, with Caleb, dog, with the, Eric Martin. No, look, from Mister Big. We all, we oh, all. Cool. Oh, I'm Mister Small. I'm sorry. Um, and he's uh, locked. Ah, he's frozen. <laughs> but that's a, that's a common that's a common pose for him to be frozen in. Uh, we, look, we all want our friends to succeed. Right? <laughs> oh, and that's the other thing. It's... My mother's probably online upstairs. Downloading My mother's porn. probably online upstairs right now. Oh, bigblackcocks.com. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and you and you get very proud of your friend when that happens. And you get very proud of your friend when they play the fucking whiskey. I will, I I will, you know, I played a lot of places. I never played the whiskey. I'm lucky they let me into the whiskey. I've been into the whiskey on several occasions and backstage and upstairs and all the shit that comes with it, Mm -hmm. but I've never played the whiskey. Um, And that's, that's something to be said. That's one of the things that when you look at your bucket list of places that you've wanted to play the whiskey, Lemoore's CBGB's, there are certain places that you say, shit, I wish I'd have been able to play that stage. I played a lot of good stages, but not, not that one. And so you say to yourself, you know, Dane, congratulations. You got to go through a door and step on a stage that I didn't. And you, you say to yourself, well, I know a guy that did it. And you could say that's about a lot of bands, but, Mm -hmm. but, but you you got to be proud of your friends and support your friends and be happy for them um because you know we're all getting older and these these yeah. experiences are what it's all about not Johnny and I we're Johnny and I are 29 every year so don't look at Johnny and I yeah, yes we got plenty of time still yeah. Wayno, the whiskey was we're, far away even from next Boston. year when we turn 29 we'll still yeah. have plenty of time but we did play Wayno, we did play the channel, which used to be the tea party where Led Zeppelin played, and we did play Sir Morgan's Cove where the Stones played, and that 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 dressing room smelled like dog shit, but it was people shit because there was no bathroom there you downstairs. Go. So Great. people would shit in the corner at the bottom of the bar. It was fucking and you was know disgusting. Gigi Allen played oh, that bar. What a shithole. We Girl, played a lot of we played place. a lot of shitty places. Um, but that's but makes some of the cool. most legendary places. Yeah. Do you want to play some place where people are afraid to spill their beer or something? You don't want to Fuck, play man. at a bar where people are afraid to nah. spill the beer. Dude, are you fucking serious? I would I wouldn't change any night on stage and I crave that still. It's like I you know, I haven't played football in 30 years, organized football in 30 years, but every June I smell that fresh cut grass and I go, "God, I got to be in camp." Like I should be I should be training right now. Same thing with a band. Every time I go to a bar, I sit back and go, "Fuck, I could have played that place." You know what I mean? You and always, you know what? You, you know what? Every you time I smell that fresh, every time I smell that fresh cut grass, I'm thinking, 
with the way my career is, I should probably mow some lawns to make some money. So I'm not homeless. That's yeah, what no, I think. You, you do. You, you know, I, there are a lot of people that go to bars that look up at the band and say, God, I wish I had the balls to do that. Um, and anybody that's ever or the done talent it, or, or the, the talent, talent. Yeah. Anybody that's ever done it for a living. Um, and that's why you see musicians try to act and actors try to join bands because you do one thing and you think, well, it can't be that much different. And then you try to do it and you realize, oh shit, that's, that's like speaking a different language, a completely different language. Um, and I wouldn't trade the experience of being on stage for anything in the world. It was the greatest fucking experience of my life. Um, and I wish I could still do it, but the game has changed and I'm an old man now. And so I just kind of tip my hat to those that do do it. Um, you know, getting an opportunity. But I would love, I would love to, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, you get together and if there's an open mic night, grab a guitar, grab another couple buddies, sit up there and fucking play a song just for the fun of it. You know, your dreams of being a rock star are over by the time you're 30. Very few people make it. It's a young man's game or a young woman's game. Thirty, very... see Johnny. That's why we never turn uh, past twenty-nine. No, no, but the we truth still got is, we still, no, they we still got. Time. They say if you're like, by the time you're like twenty, twenty-one, it's getting there. The it's, but it's different now. It, it's a it's different totally, game now. It's no, no. It's you're totally, twenty. Anybody, you're washed up, son. You're finished. You're through. Anybody can make it at anything nowadays because of the internet. Well, yeah, everybody has access really, to everything really for porn. Yeah, Dane, your chance. Dane, you still have time. Dane, Dane went running. <laughs> <laughs> Dane went running. He's like, porn. No, and Stephen Franklin, that's a great point. You say that to Caleb. It's it, Caleb found a way. He found a way to redefine and re-identify himself and put something together that was a project Caleb's not playing original music and Caleb has no designs to play original music and doesn't have the time that it takes to do that. Um, if Caleb were playing in an original band, none of those guys would have an opportunity. That's why Steel Panther is famous. Steel Panther is comprised of a, a bunch of guys who had their shot making original music and it didn't happen for them. Some of them had some success. Russ had some great success. You know, Ralph had some limited success. Those guys went out and did some shit. Um, but they didn't make it. And then they put together something that was a tribute to what, you know, a retro thing. And it was fun. And it was a stage show. And then, you know, it's easier to make it in theater and in television when you're older. There are some people that have had, you know, like Danny Trejo's career didn't happen until he was in his 50s. You know, guys like that, you can do that in television. You can do that in theater. But the music industry is not like that. Guys, and so guys, they did a great can, job. I have to just. I have to just adjust that, Paul. In TV and film, guys, we can do it. Girls, right. it's you're a right. lot harder. No, you're it's right. It's a lot harder. Yeah. You're right. But that's, that's the, the tough part about it. By the way, it. Thrash Melon and Fun Riffs, I play a mean Mary Had a Little Lamb. Thank <laughs> you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and let me tell you something. One day I'll be on the Monsters of Rock cruise. My set list will be Mary Had a Little Lamb. Sweeping. The intro to Enter <laughs> Sandman. Uh, twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Happy birthday theme. Um, I'm going to learn Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the rest of it. I mean, I'm, I'm on fire. I'm on fire, and I will one day be on the Monsters Rock cruise. Mind you, it'll probably be mopping the bathrooms, but I will be on yeah. that cruise, and you'll 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 see me. You'll you'll spot me in a minute. Jizz boy.
Yes. Keith Campbell, Russ did play with Halford, but he didn't make it. He was an, he was a hired musician, went out, got to play a couple of tours, and that's great, but that's not making it. Making it is having your – Greta Van Fleet has made it. You know yeah. what I mean? The, and, and by the way, I don't think Greta Van Fleet are a fantastic band, and I don't think they'll be around five years from now, but they did win a fucking Grammy. So that Grammy, that's going to sit on their shelf for the rest of their lives, and they can say, when I was fucking 19 – I peaked at 19 – but when I was 19, I won the fucking Grammy award and that's making it for a limited moment. Listen, you have your moment. Some people have 50 year careers. Some people have 15 minute careers, but, but listen, at least Bill, they, but at least they had careers. Millie Vanilli, something you, different you, to different people. It's, it's right. Millie Vanilli. You may laugh at Millie Vanilli, but you know what? They've got those MTV moon man trophies on their shelf. And right now they're talking to each other. They're like, one of them's dead. One of them died. <laughs> yeah, he's oh. dead. So he's not really talking to anybody. Many uh, guys one, have brought up the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. We can well, just the dead guy sings as much as the uh, the live yeah. guys. So yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah, Super you Bowl get halftime show. Yeah, but Johnny brings Johnny inadvertently brings up a valid point, which is that's um, why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> which is which is you <laughs> you tip your hat. You know, it, making it mean something different to different people. Watching Caleb and the guys in Nerd Halen on stage with that crowd in front of them out there in front of that uh, on that ship during the Monsters of Rock cruise, Caleb can walk off stage and say, "Mission accomplished." I wanted yeah. to be the I wanted to be the lead guitar player in a rock band, and I did it. Yeah, they made yeah. it. He, they don't on, have to do another a, damn thing. Concert he, in a concert with all of my '80s heroes, right? You can, you can, you can, you can say they can set the next goal. Yeah. They, they've got another goal that they have to set now. That's going to be even bigger. Yep. Most critics have never done a goddamn thing. They didn't have the balls to do it. They didn't have the talent to do it. They didn't have the tenacity to do it. That's most critics, critics, most critics sit behind their keyboard or their typewriter or their microphone and bitching. do their podcast and they bitch and they complain and they tear it down and they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. You know, what's hard on musicians is you get <laughs> to a certain, hard on. <laughs> yeah. you get to a certain peak. Okay. They just played a real, the monsters of rock tour right there. Now, what is the next step? What can you do? That's even better. And it's even happening. Hard on to, it's even happening to me right at this very moment. A few minutes ago, I got a text from our lead singer and he goes, Hey, you want to play the Canyon club in Montclair? And I'm like, who's the headliner? That's the first thing I have to ask. Dane's getting selective now. Well, yeah, the headline. Cares? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I won't take any now. less than uh, Sam <laughs> Alice Cooper himself. Now two, three who years did you ago. Say is the headliner? Let the headliners their success record. Who's the headliner? How many album the sales do they have? The headliners, the tubes. Oh, dude. Oh. Would you drive to LA and open for the tubes? Yes. Yeah, sure. Why not? Have you ever played with the tubes before? I was in a band with one of them years ago. Who's, who's still in the band? Do you guys Fee Way Bill? Fee, as long as Fee is in the band, it's all that matters. Okay. Fee Way Bill and then uh who's the guitar player? John B. L. That's I, what I have to figure out. John B. L. No, he's not the tubes. No, the answer the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Do you Harry passed away, didn't he? Yeah, no, the so, keyboard yeah. player. The keyboard player passed away. You you say here's the thing, Dane. I don't give a fuck 
if it's the tubes or not. 10 years from now, you'll be able to say, dude, I fucking played with the tubes. You're right. And you know what I mean? Like any band that you can mention to us that we know the name of, you should want to open up. Dude, I fucking played with I played with the tubes. That's cool. The tubes is a is a is a is that fee? Is that the tubes right now calling up? Buzz, he follows yeah, me on Twitter. Listen, Johnny, tell Dane if he doesn't it's want to open calls. There are other bands we have ready to go. Fee's calling. He's going. Don't play the show. You're a loser. Go ahead and stay home, Dane. Play the fucking see, show. Now, see now, Caleb in his band. Wait, you're showing us phone numbers. That, oh boy, the guy that there does all the booking. Okay. That, yeah, don't show the phone numbers. Yeah, it's not Jesus. a good idea. Okay. There goes that but Dane just blew that deal. <laughs> no, it's just my play the fucking show. Of course you okay, want to play it, Dane. Of yeah, course thank you, Taylor. Show. Of course you do. Dane, any guitar you guys you recognize the name of? Any band you recognize? Of course, play it for them. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the, I the think tubes? we passed. I Dude, passed that, that's on, a huge party. We that passed show? on the suite, though. Thank you, Taylor. The suite? The suite? I can see yeah, passing on the suite because there's no, but there's nobody in the band anymore, and it's just the guitar. And, and player. most people don't know who the fuck the suite are anyway. The suite, um, the old school, the suite. Yeah, yeah. the suite. The ballroom blitz. I, I and love all the that. suite. Yeah, I love the suite. I would, but there's I would, only I one. I think you would. Blitz. I think you would want to open for the suite. It's, it's not the suite. That's a, le- that's a legacy band, but it's, it's not the band too. though. It's so many it's bands. Almost like the suite cover band. Yeah, it's not the suite though. It's one guy who was in the suite. You know, it's it's not. Well, that's Quiet Riot right now. Yes, and I wouldn't. And Quiet, who cares? I, you know, if if somebody said, "Do you want to open for Quiet Riot?" I'd think about it. That's almost. It's, not, it's, it's almost a, Kiss because it's not <laughs> Quiet Riot. Just said, "Who are the Tubes?" Oh, LOL. She knows who they are. Eighties, eighties band. Yeah. Um, Tal- White punks Ryan, on uh, dope. Paulie Tal- Taylor is asking. Uh, great show tonight, guys. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Uh, Paul, what is your reaction? To, and we were going to talk about this anyway. To Nikki Six saying Pearl Jam is one of the most boring bands ever. Who is the better band to you? And I have to preface this: uh, it's not specifically Pearl Jam. It's uh, it's it's Nikki Six and uh, and Eddie Vedder, specifically Eddie Vedder, because the other members of Pearl Jam have admitted they've liked Motley Crue. So it's just specifically Eddie Vedder starting a war with Motley Crue saying, look, I thought, you know, I, I couldn't deal with girls, girls, girls. I couldn't deal with watching the Motley Crue on MTV. They were, they were terrible. They were, you know, so, so bad. And Nikki's just like, look, you sing with fucking marbles in your mouth. I don't know what you're talking about, you know? So there's basically a trash talk going on between Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam and Nikki six. Paulie, what are your thoughts? I, uh, go down I- the room. I happen to like Pearl Jam. Um, I think Pearl Jam. I got some for you. I happen to like Pearl Jam. I think Pearl Jam writes some great fucking songs. I think they're a great band. I think they're great musicians. Mike McCready is a huge fan of UFO. In fact, he has a UFO cover band, tribute band that he plays uh, for Crohn's and colitis <clears throat> disease. Enough you know, Crohn's. Does does all these you know these 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 shows? And half of Pearl Jam was in Mother Love Bone, which is a fucking fantastic band. Um, Eddie Vedder is right about certain things. You know, there were certain things about Motley Crue that were just fucking silly. But that's the point. I would say to you, musically, Pearl Jam, 
better band, Motley Crue, better time. I mean, Motley Crue, I've, I've, I've said it before. Motley Crue's not a great band. It's a great fucking time. The yeah. part of the thing about Motley Crue is nobody in Motley Crue outside of Tommy Lee is a virtuoso musician. Vince is not a great singer. Mick's not a great guitar player. He's a good guitar player. He's not a great guitar player. Nicky's not a great bass player. They wrote the good Motley Crue songs are fucking excellent songs, but that doesn't matter. What matters is the party. Motley Crue was a fucking thing. Motley Crue was a great time. You didn't go to the Motley Crue show for the show. You went to Motley Crue shows for the chicks and the drinking and the party and fucking awesome. And you don't go to Pearl Jam shows for that. Mm -mm. That's not what you go to Pearl Jam shows for. You go to Pearl Jam shows for a vibe. Pearl Jam shows are a vibe. It's like going to a Grateful Dead show or a Black Crow show or Widespread Panic. There's a vibe to it. There's an energy to it. And Pearl Jam has some fucking great songs, but it's not the party that Motley Crue is. So I think it's nice that Eddie Vedder doesn't like Motley Crue. I think it's silly that Nikki Six is bad-mouthing Pearl Jam. Uh, I, I think it's always funny when multimillionaire musicians sling shit in the press. Um, when it's all said and done, I, I like both bands for different reasons. And I, I think it's like saying, that's like saying, which would you rather do wear, you know, motorcycle boots or engineer boots or Chuck Taylor sneakers? They both well, have their Pearl Jam was one of the bands in the nineties that took over the scene and Motley Crue's one of the bands that got left behind. And so, you know. yeah, but that's, but that's not Pearl Jam's fault. No, and it is, and it's, and it's but partially Motley Crue because he helped do that. And it's no, he didn't. It's partially Motley Crue's fault. It's partially Motley Crue's fault. Motley Crue was doing a shitload of drugs. They fucking hated each other. They weren't making great music. They were all fucked up, and the and 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 the scene itself had become so saturated it mm -hmm. ate itself. Grunge didn't kill hard rock bands or metal bands. An oversaturation, too much, too much of the same shit, and some of it was mediocre. And the mediocre shit completely obscured the great shit because there were great bands that came out, but there was too much of it, and it was just time to change. Music changes every five or six years. It was time to change. And Pearl Jam happened to be one of the big four bands of that new age of music that came in you know, but there were other bands. I mean, shit, nobody talks about Jane's Addiction and Faith No More and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Warrior's Soul and all these other bands that are on the periphery. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and Nirvana get all the credit for a scene that fucking, that self-destructed. And we can throw Stone Temple Pilots in there too for the fifth band as we talk about it. All of those bands are fucking excellent bands. Just like Alice Cooper said. Alice Cooper said, every one of those bands is a great band. The problem was the vibe around those bands there was an aura and a, for whatever reason we stopped having fun but if you look at stuff like even flow from pearl jam and the original video for that where eddie is doing when he's doing the climbing up on the rigging and jumping off the second stage and doing the stage dive that was a fun Everflow. show there was fun to be had at those shows the crowds were miserable all I can remember about Evenflow was the little baby bottles, you know, because I'm a father. And back in the 90s, I had little kids, and the little baby bottles were called the Evenflow. Sure. Uh, Listen, what I left in my great. hand uh, coming out of the shower this morning was called Pearl Jam, okay? So I, I'm going to give my two cents on this. 
<laughs> Look, I'm the first person to say I hate grunge. I've always said it. I'm going to stick to my guns on it. Okay. Motley Crue is so much better a band because that's my taste. Okay. I'm a child of the 80s. I love going to a concert and having a party and that fun atmosphere with hard rocking guitars and aggressive vocals and singing with the crowd and tits flying everywhere and long hair and ripped up crazy colorful costumes and colorful, fun, pointy guitars. I love that scene because we were having fun. When grunge came around, it was like it was like hanging around with with just everyone who wanted to hang themselves. It was just depressing and miserable. And let's let's look at our feet and our itchy sweaters and our girls with uh, short hair and and tears running down and I'm all miserable <laughs> and oh it's raining in Seattle. Oh no! Oh, of yeah, course, Kurt Cobain. Of course, Kurt Cobain you. shot himself. Grunge is depressing. How's so, Black yeah, Sabbath? So's fucking listen, Black Sabbath, though. I, I, let, let me have my moment here because I'm going <laughs> to vent like an air conditioner on heroin. I, look, grunge was depressing. And look, I'm not saying that in the late 80s, coming into the early 90s, we weren't doing it over and over again. Of course we were. It was fun. Look, I started jerking off when I was 11 years old. I still jerk off. You know why? Because it's fun. It's fun. I'm going to jerk off right the fuck now. Because it's fucking fun. Oh, God, am I having fun? I'm having so much fun. Yahoo! Listen, I don't get tired of eating my favorite cereal or eating my favorite ice cream because who doesn't like getting laid? Who doesn't like good fun music? Who doesn't like driving a Corvette at a hundred and something miles an hour? Who doesn't and killing like a guy fun? and killing I a guy. I, I, <laughs> kills. And I, killing understand, a guy. I understand that. Look, you know, I understand that it was over and over and over because it was a good fucking time. Okay. Grunge was depressing and it was depressing because we were having so much fun that every generation has to go the other direction. The pendulum has to swing hard the other way, but you know what? I don't get tired of eating pizza because I, because I love fucking pizza, but I don't you don't eat pizza forever. Soy. You can't huh? eat nothing but pizza though. You watch me motherfucker pizza and <laughs> pussy. And I fold them both. Gross. <laughs> Listen, no, seriously, bro. There, there, there is, there is a point where, look, I understand we kept doing, we kept doing it. The next generation might not want to emulate our generation. I get it. Every generation's different right now. We're in an age of, you know, hip hop being hip hop and R and B being the thing. And you know what? Rock is coming back for the newer generation because they want something different too. It's a different style. It's more of a dirty honey, you know, I get it, um, but you know that was the whole reason that that switched. Yeah, we were having metal, and the next generation's coming in in the '90s. They want something different. So, what's as far different from fun, miserable grunge like Pearl Jam? Even the name means jizz. And Nirvana, Kurt Cobain hated life so much he shot himself. And Courtney Love, Courtney Love was was so much a train wreck. Even trains were like, she's a fucking train wreck. It was just so crazy the opposite way. So yeah, if I'm given a choice of who's the more musical, better, fun band, 
I want to choose Motley Crue because sure, nowadays Vince can't sing for shit, but back in the day, he was an entertainer. He was a frontman. He was an aggressive, good frontman going out and getting the crowd to pump their fists in the air and sing the songs with them and scream and rip up their tits. And this was fun. And Mick Mars is a solid fucking guitarist. Is he technical? Is he a Steve Vai level? No, but he plays good, solid music. And Tommy, great drummer. He's a spectacle. He represents all the 80s was about. Mayhem, wild, crazy, fun, and a dick the size of a fucking baseball bat. Good God. Lucky bastard. But I digress. Then you have... Uh, Nikki Six, who just wrote great, fun songs. And when their best moment happened, and I consider their best moment Dr. Feelgood Tour, that was when they were clean and sober. That was when they cleaned up their shit, got their stuff straight. Did it, did egos get in the way after that? Absolutely. Did Vince leave the band and uh, Karabi come in, then Vince come back? And by then the scene had changed. The scene had changed. There was no turning back. But look, for, for Eddie Vedder, who wrote some of the most depressing, miserable songs in the world. Even though, oh, God, I would sooner cut my dick off and chew on it like a piece of leather than have to listen to the album 10 Why didn't all you? the way through. Holy shit. So yeah, whose side am I on? Absolutely Nikki's. And you know what? Eddie started with his fucking marble mouth. You know, oh, Molly Crew. Oh, girls, girls, girls. You know what? I go into a strip club. I still hear that fucking song. I don't hear even flow. You don't see girls swinging on a pole to even flow. And you know what? I want to see girls swinging on a pole. You know who I see to, to even flow? Here's who I fucking see to even flow. Oh no, Pearl Jam's busy playing stadiums while Motley Crue can't get their shit together. To the grocery, oh, oh even from home, oh, are taking me away, yeah, even from Please, please. I don't want to hear how fucking Pearl Jam was so great and, and fucking Motley Crue was so terrible. For him to pick a fight, I'm sorry, but you know what? I don't care about Eddie Vedder's new album. I don't care if Stevie Wonder is on it. I don't care, and nothing against Stevie, but I, I don't care who is guest starring on Eddie Vedder's new album. I'm not buying it. I don't want to buy it, but you know what? People are going on the Monsters of Rock cruise. People are selling out the fucking stadium tour, even with Vince's voice gone. The stadium tour is still selling out. So I don't want to hear about Eddie Vedder because Eddie Vedder, dude, you can't hold a candle to Motley Crue. I'm sorry. I don't care how successful 10 was during the worst period of music in history, the most depressed, miserable time in history. Even the great Gazoo says, oh, Eddie Vedder, go to a glory hole and suck my dick, dum-dum. Please. <laughs> what stadiums are Pearl Jam playing right now that are selling out? All Fuck of you. That All of is brought to you by Delicious Bang <laughs> Energy Drink. Delicious Bang Energy Drink. Always the right drink at the most inappropriate times. Bang Energy Drink. Not a fan of Eddie Vedder. 
So what do you think, Dane? Um, I, I would actually like it if Johnny put up Pearl Jam's uh, 2022 concert dates and actually see where we. Where yeah, because Pearl because Pearl Jam Pearl Jam actually huge. plays tours. Pearl Jam actually plays tours. If Pearl Jam plays tours in the forest and nobody hears them, does anybody care? Everybody hears them. Pearl Jam sells out everywhere they play. Well, Multiple I'm not nights. going. Pearl Jam has fucking people follow them all over the country like the Grateful Dead. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that Monica, miserable I didn't, people listening people, to miserable music. Pe people who spend money and buy albums. Pearl Jam is fucking awesome. Pearl Jam's a great band. They're a great band. They're a different band. I don't go into a pizza shop looking for tacos. I don't go into, um, you know, I don't go into a Chinese food restaurant expecting to get, you know, spaghetti. European tour sold out. So yeah, out. they're they're all fucking. They're doing just fine. Those okay. bands are they're fucking great. But you don't. They're different. They're apples and oranges. It's like driving a four-cylinder economy car or driving a V8. One of them is going to get you. To, they're both going to get you to the place you want to go. It's just a different experience. Pearl Jam is a fucking fantastic band who makes fantastic music. Motley Crue is a fantastic band who make fantastic music. There's room enough for both of them. Love them both or hate them both. Who gives a shit? I don't love them both. Steve, I love Stephen, Motley Crue. I don't love Pearl Jam. Stephen Franklin, record sales are a bullshit comparison. Now, that said, they both sold about the same amount of records, and one of them has been around less time than the others. So you ask yourself which one of them is more successful. It doesn't matter. The New Kids on the Block sold fucking 200 million records. Does that make them a better band than Pearl Jam or Motley Crue? No, it doesn't. Record sales are one metric. But... Both of those bands are great. John hates grunge, and that's great. It doesn't make it any less valid. Just like some people hate country, some people hate rap, but a hundred million plus people bought Pearl Jam records, and they sell out tours everywhere around the fucking world in advance. Motley Crue have retired, come back, set up a tour, and can't fucking play it. Get your so shit fun. together. Yeah, he get has, your shit together. Vince. That's on Vince. That's on Vince. Yes, it is on Vince. So and so, if I said to myself, if I said to myself, "Hey, here are these two bands. Which one is scheduling a date, and I'm more likely to fucking see Pearl Jam's more reliable, they're more professional, and they're more dependable than Motley Crue." And, and that's okay. Razor color. blade to my wrist in a hot tub, and less painful I, than Pearl Jam. I don't know about that. I'd rather listen to Pearl Jam right now than Vince Neil. I'd right rather now. open my wrist in the tub. I'll be right back. And that's fine. And that's fine. Both of them, both of them are are valid points. You can like what you like. You can hate what you like. I just I hate what other people like. What I think is interesting though is when rich multimillionaire actors, musicians, athletes start throwing shade back and forth at each other. Boo fucking who. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, just shut up. Shut up and fucking make a record. <laughs> well, it just shows us that John is just very... Opinionated. Fir he's firm on his opinion on, on hair metal. He loves that shit. Everything sure. sucks ass. D done. No, look, I, I I break on Vince Neil all the time because I'm, I'm just mad at him that he's not putting in the effort to, you know, learn the lyrics of the songs. With that said, 
I know which series of albums I would rather listen to. Uh, the first five Motley Crue albums, hands down. By the way, Christopher Live saw it. You know, you're saying so-and-so hall in Seattle. Is that a stadium? No, they booked an arena tour and they're selling out the arenas. But if they booked stadiums, they'd sell out the fucking stadiums too. The, the, the stadium tour with Motley Crue is not selling out and it's not fucking happening. If Pearl Jam wants, if Pearl Jam wanted to play fucking a dozen football stadiums around America, they could. They absolutely could. Let's they say just Eddie Vedder becomes the new Motley Crue lead singer. What? How would you <laughs> if they want to get that stadium tour going, girls, girls, yeah. they girls. add Pearl Jam to that tour. Have Pearl Jam open. Have Pearl Jam play, play metal songs, cover tunes. They're, they're I'm both alive, live wire. They're I'm alive, a... live wire. <laughs> and when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, John, here's the fucking here's the kick to the balls for you. Pearl Jam's going to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they might already be in. Uh, Pearl Jam's going to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they are in, but and, and I, Motley, I don't give a fuck. And Motley Crue's not. <laughs> and Motley Crue's not. <laughs> Dude, his priest is not yet. And I'm hoping that they get in there. And, and you know what's really funny? Judas Priest, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Ju the idea that Judas Priest and Iron Maiden are not in the Rock and Roll not, Hall of Fame is criminal as it is. I, I, so I, 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 I don't I'm disagree not, with you. I'm not going to go with it. You know what? I don't want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if, if, uh, if Pearl Jam is in there and Motley Crue is not. I'm sorry. Again, love what you love. I do. Yeah, love what you love and fuck everything yeah. else. And yeah. I, I just I just think that the idea of of two multimillionaire rock stars throwing shit, they must be bored. That's there's nothing better to do but to just fucking talk talk shit about each other in the press. Shut up and make a record. Vetter started it. I mean, he was in an interview and he's like, well, you know, the 80s scene was so terrible. It was just, you know, oh, I can't stand it. Girls, and what makes girls, what, what makes uh, what makes uh, uh. what makes Eddie Vedder what Eddie Vedder's saying any less valid or than what you just said? You're a some guy on the internet right now. I'm badass. I'm cool. Grunge stuck and grunge did this and that. I'm fucking least, cool. No one ever got laid at a Pearl Jam concert. Incorrect. Incorrect. All the dudes not by did. a hot dude, chick. Pearl, dude, Pearl by Jam. Maybe, by, maybe, maybe by you know some some you know mongoloid have you, in a sweater. Have you not, ever not, been to a Pearl Jam show? <laughs> I'd sooner blow my brains out with right. a pellet gun. I have great fucking Blowing time. I, I had a great time. I had a great time at Pearl Jam because I went Wait, into it. Had a Pearl Jam song. I went into it. I went into it. With the, that expectation, of a pellet gun. But now <laughs> they're fucking great. They're a great band. It's great energy. It's great music. You can't it's tell different. me the it's energy in a Pearl Jam song is like a Motley Crue concert. I can oh absolutely tell you. That. It's it like was a the, Dead show. Been there, no been there, experienced it. It was fucking awesome, dude. Livewire and Animal from Pearl Jam are the same energy. They're the same it's energy. Even flow. Is a fantastic song. Porch is a fantastic song. Yeah, I, I had diarrhea that was an even flow. <laughs> what was that they're, one song about? Where you wrecked they're the fantastic car? bans. Well, I bet you. Gonna, I bet you disagree. 
there's more girls at a Pearl Jam oh, show than a Motley Crue show. Not, well, not hot girls. Hot girls are seeing Motley Crue. Ugly I don't know girls about that. are at a Pearl here's, Jam show. Here's the thing. The difference between the girls at a Pearl Jam show and the girls at a Motley Crue show, the girls about at a Pearl Jam show. pounds each. The girls at a Pearl Jam show, if they're hot, and they are, different, but if they're hot, they're going to look the same the next morning. When that makeup melts off the face of the girl at a Motley Crue show <laughs> and the hair and the Aquanet hair I'll starts say, to fall down. my chances yeah. with you the fucking, hot You want to chew show. your fucking arm off because she's laying on it in the bed the next morning? <laughs> At least you know what you're getting with a girl at a Pearl Jam show. You know exactly what you There's more honesty at a girl at a Pearl Jam show, for sure. No, and by the way, yeah, there I'm is no... solo. I'm bitter because the man attacked Nikki Six. By the way, it's somebody... It's I... genre versus genre, man, and I know what side I'm on. I fuck see I love them I can love them both. That's the thing cuz I love music. I, I love, love music. I love a lot of different genres, but you know I think that Octopus Ears brings up a good point. Everybody likes to, to compare Pearl Jam and Creed because they both had baritone singers. Pearl Jam is a fucking world's better band than Creed. Creed's a good band. Pearl Jam's a legendary fucking band. They're a you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. Creed's a good band. They, and they wrote some good songs, borderline great songs. But just because they both have baritone singers, they're not the same at all. It's like comparing Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. Just because they're both great guitar players, they're not the same. They come at it from a different route, but they do have some. They play some of the similar scales, and they do have similar tonality. But they're different players. Same thing with Pearl Jam and Creed. Same thing with Motley Crue and I don't know and fucking Rat. They're similar but different, significantly different. All of those bands, that. and I think but that I like one of you know, better. keep in mind, keep in mind, you get a, you know, what John was saying about the the pendulum swinging back and forth. The fifties and doo wop were a thing, but they gave rise to psychedelia, and we got the Jefferson Airplane and the Grateful Dead and the Doors and that whole Hammond B three organ thing, and it was very downtrodden and very depressed. Acid rock. You got fucking Iron Butterfly and David all these bands. Crosby. And uh. yes, and yes, David Crosby and a lot of very downtrodden, uh, depressing, political, nonsensical music that and, we don't. And we, then we didn't disco dig. came along, and it was a party. And it was a party, and then after disco, we got that shitty fucking corporate middle of the road. You know, uh, Captain and Tennille, and just. And just and Walter Egan and and fucking Boz Skaggs and like just shit Juice Newton and stuff that was just fucking bleh. And then hard and then, rock happened. Then and then Kiss then we got and, and then Kiss came along and Aerosmith and, and and ACDC and then it happened. And then that sort of Van faded Helen. away. And then that sort of faded away. And we got the Clash and the Sex Pistols and the Police and the jam, and that became its own, that was its grunge of its day. It was angry, and it was anti-party, and it was political and fucking mad and anti-establishment. And then after mm -hmm. that, we got glam rock. And then after mm -hmm. glam rock, we got fucking, you know, hip-hop. And it's a, that's that pendulum does swing back and forth. So at some point, it's going to swing back. But there's no difference between Dirty Honey and Humble Pie. They're the same fucking thing. It, everything thing. comes full circle. Even at least hip hop, you gotta at least respect rap and hip hop for one thing. They're having fun. They're having fun. They're having a party down at the club. 
be spending making it rain in here. Look at look at the shorties. Asses on my hose. But 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 they're, they're not all having, having fun. fun. But they're not all they're having fun. Dude, huh? fucking Boogie Down Productions wasn't having fun. Ghetto Boys weren't having fun. Not all of those bands are having fun. Some of those bands are writing. NWA wasn't having fun. They were fucking pissed. Yeah, but they were cool. I know. I understand that. And there's a I, there's a there's a group of people. I'd rather that I'd rather sit in with them being pissed than being depressed. But and that's but the that's, difference between rap and grunge. Maybe for you. For you. Now, I, I would agree with you. I think that second level of grunge bands was obnoxious. I hate Sponge and Bush. And and there's just a whole bunch. Every every but, girl at a Pearl Jam concert had a huge bush. That's another see, thing that's different. Third Eye Blind. The 80s, those but girls see, are clean shaven. But see, I can trace. I can I can uh, tonic. Trace, I can trace. Kidding. I didn't say tonic. I can trace armpits at a Pearl Jam concert. Mm. I can trace all four of the big four grunge bands back to rock bands. Those are rock bands. They're all rock bands. Well, they They're started, great. like I said, I mean, you could trace Pantera back down to being a glam band. Everyone started no, no, somewhere my, and evolved no, into no, no, what my they point evolved is, into. My point is Pearl Jam is the who of their generation. No pun intended. Pearl Jam goes all the way back to the who and the doors. That's what mm -hmm. gave birth to Pearl Jam. Same thing with, with Nirvana. That goes back to sort of the doors. You know, you got you can trace Soundgarden back to Zeppelin. You can trace Alice in Chains back to Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. It all it all evolved to a certain point, and mm -hmm. and and those are all rock bands. What came mm -hmm. after they created quote unquote grunge, but fucking Neil Young created grunge with Crazy Horse in the seventies, and King's X is a grunge band. Mm -hmm. If you listen to that shit, it it shares all kinds of DNA with grunge. It's grunge mixed with the Beatles. Fucking awesome. King's X is one of my favorite bands of all time, but there are certainly elements of discord and grunge in King's X music. Those guys are, they're great fucking bands. There's room for all of them. And somebody pointed out Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine is the greatest of the rap rock, rap rock bands. Rage Against the Machine did for that new metal thing what Led Zeppelin is to hard rock. Rage Against the Machine is the epitome, the zenith of that, the, 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 the melding of metal and hip hop. They're the greatest of those bands. They're fucking well, there, outstanding. There, there, there is room for every band, and the room for the um, for the uh, grunge bands is the trash room, and the room for Motley Crue is the bedroom. Bring on the girls. <laughs> Let's have fun, because that's where Motley Crue puts me. Bring that's why I'm saying I'm putting a period on that conversation. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh let's see uh yes if you i mean if you really want to if you really want to go check out pearl gem they're actually playing a show at the forum in april i don't just in case you want to yeah i'm just saying i, pearl gem, I would sooner pearl gem, i would sooner here's do what a happens. headstand i would sooner do a headstand after eating a day full of beans and prunes and I'm just, just saying a diarrhea fountain dripping into my own mouth all I'm saying, Pearl Jam concert. All I'm saying is Pearl Jam does does what a band should do. They schedule a tour. They play they shows. Good night and leave the they stage. Play, they play shows. They cash checks. They, they do exactly what they're saying. Yeah, and that's fine. But guess what? They don't need you, whereas Motley Crue does. I don't need that. Motley Crue <laughs> needs you. I'm because coming. Mo I'm coming, Motley. I'm because, coming. Because like, Motley like Crue. 
I'm coming, Elizabeth. Just so you know, Vince Neal is playing is playing clubs that he can't sell out. Eddie Vedder is sold out around America right now. Okay, I'll well, I'm just saying. I'm, good good news is I won't be at those depressing, miserable, terrible, unshaven concerts. There you go. But I you're talking back in the day. You do know, you're like what Paul's saying, the next generation of hair metal stuff will eventually show up. And we maybe it started already. It's all bands all the time that are doing, like when the darkness came out, it was Greta like, Van oh Fleet, it's a hair Dirty metal Honey. Band. And, yeah. Greta Van Fleet, Dirty Honey, Heat, Crazy Lick. The Struts. They're, they're, they're already up there. They're already starting. Yeah. They're so really you can starting. still find that They're in coming. new music, the, the 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 genre that we that we all enjoy. I want to find I want to find fun in new music. I want to find fun. I want music to be energy and fun and great. Something I want to listen to, not something I just wrote a suicide note to and play as I'm I'm cutting along the dotted line. Do you have the darkness? Any of that stuff on on CD? Uh, the darkness? I do have the darkness, actually. Yeah, Paul's got that stuff too. I bet. Yeah, but that was like yeah. twenty years it, ago. When now. when when you hear a band say, "Yeah, we only sold like three copies," and my mother bought one of them, Paulie and I bought the other two. So, <laughs> just just endless amounts of CDs we bought. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Poo Ninja says, my family puts the fun in funeral. There you go. Thank you, Poo Ninja. Um, let's let's brief let's just briefly talk about um uh let's see. 2023 will be the last kiss cruise with a K, just FYI, and um just letting you know. So if you're planning on going to see the last kiss cruise, you better start uh you better start buying your tickets. For 2023, it'll go on sale soon. If it's not on sale already, I can expect Vinnie Vincent in the dinghy being towed behind, seeing if he could get on board. So, and by the way, it is also time for Show and Tell Guitar. Brought to you by, brought to you by <laughs> Swiss Picks, the greatest gripping guitar pick out there. Swiss Picks with raised holes for her pleasure. Uh, with raised holes to get your grip on get the best grip possible in playing with swiss picks check out the jason becker blue cheese edition because we do love jason friend of the show friend of swiss picks but get your hands on one of these and you will not turn back to a regular guitar pick just give one a try i love these swiss picks check them out also brought to you by johnny what was your favorite snack at the super bowl uh, I, didn't I mean, there was a lot of things. It was chicken wings and nachos, but your favorite, the one that everyone was fighting over. Hey, man, Cody, do you got any more of that delicious Colonel's Gourmet popcorn? That's the one everyone wanted. That's the one my mother was reaching over. Can you please pass the delicious Colonel's Gourmet popcorn? That's the one. Delicious Colonel's Gourmet That's popcorn. That's Dan was more. eating like 10 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. And during the Super Bowl, oh, my God. Who could who could ask for anything more? You had a great Super Bowl game. You had um, 
Yeah, delicious kernels, popcorn, and more. You probably had some of those delicious chocolate cashews. You probably had some sugar-free uh, candy. You probably had some regular candy. And I'll bet if you were smart, you mentioned Johnny Bean or Jay Hannon's name, say that you heard them on the channel, and lo and behold, they will send you more delicious product, more popcorn, more candy, more chocolate, more sugar-free candy, whatever you need. More fun. That's what... That's what they would have sent you. Delicious kernels, gourmet popcorn, and more. Good night, Dane. <laughs> also brought to you by... Good night, Paul. <laughs> Paul is going to watch the guitar from afar. No, I'm, I'm yeah, here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just... Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm just... Uh, uh, I'm texting Let back and forth. Let us go through with, the sponsors. I'm getting... Uh, going back and forth to uh, uh, to Jay Hannon. He's returning a guitar that I was going to sell him. Nice. Oh, no. Nice. Johnny, let's continue the sponsors so we could get to the guitar. Hey. Hey. You know, you also know what? brought to you by oh. huh? what? What were you going to say, Johnny? What? What? Change your light? What? What? I was going to say, I love Tessie Switch. I love Tessie Switch too. We'll <laughs> jump right to them. Tessie Switch, the greatest guitar kill switches out there. You want a Tessie Switch if you want a kill switch. Those are the most durable, reliable guitar kill switches out there. And they have all different types. You want the large arcade style ones. You want the small little button ones. You want light up ones. You want custom ones. Tessie switch is the guitar kill switch that you want on your guitar. Go to Tessie switch and check out what they have for you. Also check out, if you want to adjust your tone, check out, look what I'm raising, Johnny, Vinum Custom Pickups. Maker of the Mancuda Custom, Vinum Custom Pickups. Craig Vinum is a boutique pickup winder and will make you whatever you want. If you tell him you want to change the tone in your Les Paul to something really mimicking a 59, he will do that for you. You want something less muddy? Uh, you want something like a JB but less muddy? He'll make that for you. They will make you special colors, special orders. Vinum Custom Pickups hand-wound, boutique, high-quality pickups. Vinum Custom Pickups. That's the ones you want. Call Craig Vinum. See what Vinum Custom Pickups can do for your tone. And then, of course, Johnny, if you want to hot rod your guitar, where do you go? Where's the place that I could get all the things? Like if I want a custom bridge and titanium bridge and uh, titanium saddles and custom tuners and noiseless springs. I mean, I really want to hot rod my guitar. Johnny, where would you send me? I go to fu-tone.com. Fu-tone. That's what I thought. Fu-tone is the store that gives you all the custom hot rod stuff. They even have complete guitars. If you want something hot rodding, a little adjustment, a little upgrade to your already beautiful guitar, they've got it for you, fu-tone.com. And of course, fu-tone has their own parts. They have other manufacturers' parts. They have full guitars. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. It's wonderful. It's an FU tone pickup. Pickups, a, bridges. They have everything. They have everything. Do they have FU John pickups? Hmm. Uh, and my, my mother makes those. Hand wound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, FU John. Oh. 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 
That's the sound every time the other team scored, because we were rooting for the L.A. Rams. But every time the Bengals scored, and it's going, it's going. He's down to the 15. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. It's... Ah. Ah. Yeah, that's a touchdown. Anyway, though, Mama Kuda liked today's show and tell guitar. The clue today for today's show and tell guitar was it's two very distinctly different tones. Now, of course, that can mean anything. But as soon as Johnny <laughs> clears the screen of this Bad wonderful thing. Oh, there it is. Oh, there he is. There's Johnny. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, two very distinct, different tones. And Uh-oh. he's frozen. <laughs> wow, oh. Jesus Christ. No. And the Johnny, winner is. If you please. If you please. Oh, look at that thing. Let's see if we could let's see. Hold on. Let me let me move this out of the way. Hold on. Let's see. There's that. How's that, Mr. Bean? Or should I should I get in close? I'll get in close like that. How about that? Here, let me do this. Crap. Crap. How do you do that? Oh crap. One second. That's all it takes me to come, Johnny. All right. Got it. Okay. This is a 1988 BC Rich Gunslinger. You guys know I love these. I have a lot of them. So you're going to see these come up on the show more than once in a while. BC Rich Gunslinger, 1988. This one in two-tone snakeskin. This one a beautiful pink and white two-tone get it two-tone and it also has a two-tone pickup it's got a zebra pickup in it really really cool i love these things these are very fast playing amazing neck guitars um this one has a duncan i believe this is a duncan jb in there that's Johnny in Bean. there. It's a Duncan Johnny Bean. That's specifically what it is. <laughs> and of course, you have the licensed Floyd and uh, and an angled pickup. This is really all you need. This is all business. This is why I love these things. The nature of these guitars is all business. Very fast maple neck, reverse pointed headstock with that badass BC Rich script logo that I love so much. Super slick, thin D-shaped neck. Look how thin that beauty is. And this awesome carved cutaway at the heel that I just love. Give you that upper fret access, which is really great. But I have a weakness for the snakeskin uh, gunslinger specifically. I want one in like every color I can find. Same with the Nagel graphics. This is one of my favorite graphics too. Um, I just love when I can get them in all different colors 
And, um, you know, I think I told this story before on the air is uh, when I first started getting an electric guitar uh, back in 1988, the first guitar that caught my eye in the store was a 1988 gray snakeskin BC Rich Gunslinger. And I reached for it. And my buddy, who was in a, in a pro-playing band called Motor Mouse, who was uh, touring with Cheap Trick at the time, I asked him to come with me to buy my first guitar. And he's like, fuck that, that stupid guitar. You look like an idiot. Get a man's guitar. So he was of the school. You either want a Fender Stratocaster or a Gibson Les Paul. And um, I basically liked the feel of a Strat initially. And uh, that's what I wound up getting as my first guitar, Fender Strat. And I soon realized, um, well, I like the sound of humbuckers better than single coils. And the neck on a Fender Strat wasn't that fast. So my second guitar was a Kramer Beretta. But I digress. The first guitar that caught my eye in the store was uh, a gray snakeskin BC Rich Gunslinger. And I have one now. But, um, you know, you have I, only I just... One? Yeah, I, I have one, um, but I have I have a lot of I have a lot of snakeskin graphic gunslingers because it's nostalgic for me, and I just love. Obviously, pink is my color, but um, I love how how flat and squared off the 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 top is on these. Also, I think that's really cool. The very lightweight, very fast guitars. But what makes these special is the neck. These gunslinger necks are so great. They're they are USA made. Um, and again, it just the combination of one pickup, a Floyd and a very fast maple neck with graphics. That's like my favorite type of guitar. That's like, what does it for me is that type of guitar. And the, the gunslinger graphics, most of them were done by Dan Lawrence, a couple by Glenn Matejal. Uh, but, uh, this is, this is like the epitome of the eighties guitar pointy headstock. Humbucker pickup, Floyd, fast maple neck. I just love this. Really clean, but a nice broken in maple neck. Um, love to take care of them. And I, I have like probably about like uh, eight snakeskin gunslingers of different colors. But this particular one, I really like the pink two-tone. Really, really cool. Love them, love them, love them. And there you go. 1988 BC Rich Gunslinger in two-tone pink snakeskin. That is this week's show-and-tell guitar of the week. There you go. Johnny with us? Holy shit. Johnny's typing fast and furious. Wow. All right. While Johnny's doing that. There we go. <laughs> I was just making my first Facebook post that I can. I'm out of jail. That's what I heard. Yeah. Somebody posted, Paul's out of Facebook jail. Yeah, I'm out of Facebook jail. Ooh. It's it's not in tune. It's not. <laughs> You'll be playing the cruise next year. That's not. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be playing that cruise. All right. You win nothing if you can name what I was just playing, but 
I'm all, I'm also in an armchair, so a little hard to even hold the guitar, but <laughs> thank you, Lindy Lynch. Yes, it is out of tune. Yes. Sorry, that <laughs> apologies. It was, it was definitely guitar, guitar, I swear. <laughs> Weren't you the guy that was just bad mouthing Pearl Jam? <laughs> I wasn't playing Pearl Jam. No, you certainly does weren't. Anyone, does anyone know what I was just playing, by the way? I do. And yeah, Jesus rapes me. I do use the whammy bar. Not that much, but um, when I do, I mean, I keep them in the case anyway. I don't put them on, you know, specifically to uh, to show. Johnny, you, you actually know what, what solo that was? Oh, that was a solo? <laughs> that was, um, I mean, what it sounded like to me was... was crap metallica right no i don't even know if i was playing it loud enough for for people to actually hear it yeah i was playing jeremy <laughs> can't drive 55 jeremy spoken class today michael b michael b that, it, no it's kind of an obscure thing does anyone honestly know what i was playing sherman callahan I can't even. Michael B. Sherman Callahan. Shout out. Spot, but... Shout outs. Shout outs. Hold Can on. we name what you're going to play? Or no, let, let's try to play. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Does anyone know that? Play it faster. Play. I'll play the next one. Let's see if anyone knows that. Can you can you actually hear it? Play it one more time. Unfortunately. Center, Center Hill Cards has it. Yeah, I know. It's not in tune. <clears throat> Center, there you go. That pickup yeah, sounds it, amazing. It's, it's, it's Turbo Lover. Yeah, yeah. Center Hill Cards got it, though. And Mark Dillon got it. It's Terrible Lover. Yeah. <laughs> what song was John Butcher? That'll be a new segment to the show every week. What song is John butchering? What song is it supposed to sound like? Yeah. What song is John butchering on an out of tune guitar that's not plugged in? I'm, I'm, I've never, literally never heard the solo before, but I'm like trying to pick it out now in my head. Yeah, that's not in tune. It's close as, it's close as you're going to get right now. What was I just playing? 
You've got to get that. We're going to get flagged so flat. Actually, we won't get flagged because I'm butchering it. So. I'm gonna. <laughs> Does anyone know what I was just playing just now? Nope. Paul, you don't, you don't even honestly recognize it? I, I know because I, I need to hear it again. Let me even put the mic next to it. <laughs> Thank you. Where's my pick? Dueling Dueling banjo sounds better when you can't play it. (laughs) No, what was I playing before Dueling Banjos, though? This one you should know, actually. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember this. I have no yeah, idea that's what it. You're trying to do. <laughs> no, Flintstone, Flintstones is. Uh, wait. Yeah, that's appropriate. Hold on. I'm in a really bad position right now. I'm a really bad player in a really bad position. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is awful. When I when I feel good, when I want to feel good about my playing, I'll just watch watch John play. Okay. (laughs) And with that, it's bedtime. Yes. Good night. Back to Facebook. (laughs) But hey, in in actual real music news. Wait, let me get my earpiece in. Oh, you can't hear us. There you go. Now I'm better. In, in actual music news, did you hear about who, who sold their musical catalog for $300 million? Uh, Give it to me. Did you hear who, who did that? I'm not sure if I did or didn't. Oh, crap. You're butchering it, too. Well, I'm out of tune because I was playing along with you. <laughs> I'm out of tune also. <laughs> Thank you, G. Bushnell. <laughs> 300 million. By the way, I was noodling around to the uh, Steve Eyes, the audience is listening. That was that middle song I was playing, was the audience is listening. So the police sold theirs for 300 million. Sting did. So is it is it the police? Is it the police catalog that got sold for three hundred million? Or uh... it's Sting. Everything he did. 
Including the police. Does he own the writing for the police? Of course. I mean, does he own like a portion of it or does he have like the full rights to the catalog? He's, I would think, Jumbie, I'll wake up. <laughs> I would think he, he has, he's uh, most, of, most of it. Most of it is him. Because hmm. they, they had, I think they were all, they had their own publishers. You look at a police record. <laughs> you ever look at your police record, John? Do I? <laughs> um, if you look at police albums, they have like three different. I think I think they had all their own publishers going, but I I would think Sting would have the most. He was the main writer of all that. Okay, stuff. no, because I I wasn't I wasn't sure what Andy wrote in those you know and what i should actually say what he owns i wasn't sure what andy owns versus what sting owns right right well sting was the main writer yeah okay 300 million so did that 300 go all to sting is what i'm asking i i would think not totally, but I would think yes, probably. Huh. Wow. John, why don't you? Why don't you have three hundred million? But it wasn't just the police. That's was, what I'm going to ask. That's what I'm going to ask. Solo. Get, it was his solo. That's what I'm going to get well. asked by Mama Kuda tomorrow. Why don't you have three hundred million dollars for all the work you've done? <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. I'm going to get asked that tomorrow morning. Why weren't you, you in a band with Sting? Yeah, why aren't why aren't you? You know, you you Johnny and Paul, you guys were in Popcorn the Band with Blue Rhino and JoJo the Chimp. Why why didn't you sell the Popcorn the Band uh, uh, catalog? How much can you get for that? I'm thinking I'm thinking I don't think we could get three dollars for that. You'd have to pay them three dollars for that. Pay them three dollars to take all of Popcorn singles. You know it's really funny. Popcorn the band will get in. We'll we'll get in the band, Johnny, before uh, before Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. Isn't that sad? No, I'm thinking that's, that's probably that's probably accurate. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. That's terrible. <laughs> Why is everybody leaving? We're not done. Who's everybody? It's just Paul and Dane. Mm-hmm. No, half the audience left. Paul and they did. I'm seeing a hundred people. Well, it I'm was... seeing a hundred people in the chat. I should say we don't know. We don't know how many thousands are watching on their own, but um, in the chat, there's a hundred people. Keith Campbell wants to know: Has Blue Rhino gotten any residuals? Yeah, for the songs we wrote, sure. You know, I mean, we're look, we're in we're in legal battle with JoJo the Chimp over uh over residual money. You know. Because, you know, some of us, you know, there's always one ego in every band. And in our band, it was JoJo the Chimp. But, you know, Paulie, Johnny, uh, myself, and Blue Rhino, we stuck together. You know? But, look, I, we didn't get $300 million And my, I'm sure Mom's going to question tomorrow. You know, all your comedy material, all the, you know, your show residuals. Why, why don't you sell all that for $300 million? I mean, you know? You've done this uh, for Cactus Show for a couple of years. I mean, you've got to you've got to have a, a couple of million in residuals for that alone. 
Really? I don't know. No, Quentin James. We're talking about the police, how they sold their catalog for $300 million. Sting sold it. Sting sold it. Sting sold it. So, so do, you, do the other... So do the other band writers, other band members get any of that? I would think, yeah, for, for the stuff that they that they wrote, yes. Yes, but Sting was the main writer for all those years. But I'm just wondering, do, out of that $300 million, is that all going to Sting? I would think no, but I would think most of it, yes. I'm just looking. Hi, Watts. Steve says, it's a shame that Andy Summers as a state will now get nothing for a lick he created and saved the song for Sting. Even Copeland busts on Sting for it. Gretch Zeppelin wants to know, have I ever done any voiceover work? Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was a couple of characters on Marvel Super Squad, the cartoon, and I've done, uh, I did some early radio commercials for products. So yeah, I've done, and uh, let's see, I also was on a, a TV show in Australia. Um, was that the black uh, and white called one? the the Wilkinsons? Yeah, the I Wilkinsons. saw. I watched those. There was like I did, five I of did, them. Yeah, yeah, I did voiceover for the for that show. I did voiceover, and I did the intro. The Wilkinsons. Yeah, I watched so I've, that. I've that, done. that was a crazy show. That was a crazy show. But you know what's funny? <laughs> Australia has been very good at, to me, and and shout out to all the Aussies. And New Zealand too, the Kiwis, they also got that. Uh, I I don't know how some of that stuff gets made, but they've they've brought me on, they've paid me for it, and the the Aussie market, I, I did some some good work there. So, you know that the end of the hamster film, they paid me a good amount of money and benefits for that. And then, uh, oh, it's a pawn. Enter the hamster. Was that the one with the hamster's little legs dangling out Uranus? Is that the one? <laughs> no, Ma. It was, that was a comedy. But it's a comedy film I did in Australia. But yeah, no, I did. Uh, but I was on on the the TV show The Wilkinsons in Australia too for for voiceover. So that was that was fun too. Thank you, Hi Watts, Steve. I appreciate that. So there you go. Yeah, I have done voiceovers as well. But Enter the Hamster, that was that was a, a full movie role. But uh but yeah, and Marvel Super Squad, of course, you know, I was a uh, I was Flatman, I was Zax, I was, you know, obviously, you know, they give you random voices. When you do voiceovers, um, you know, they give you like you'll you'll read for one of the main characters, then they'll give you secondary characters, and then you know, pedestrian number two, and you know, they, they try to you know, give like, you know, five to eight actors, all the extra parts as well. So you're not bringing in a hundred people to do that. Um, yeah, but that, but that was fun. I mean, I was, I was supposed to be snarf on, uh, on a newer version of Thundercats and it was really cool because I remember the auditions and, um, they, they gave me a couple of callbacks that I kept coming back and I know it got down to four of us for the role and one of them was Tom Kenny, who does SpongeBob. And, you know, he's one of the greatest voice actors ever. Another one was Mark Hamill, who's obviously Luke Skywalker. And he's, you know, the Joker. Did you meet him? And, you know, I, no. Well, um, I've met Mark Hamill before, but not but at that particular. He wasn't um, there at the same time you were, right? 
No, they bring you in. I mean, you know, I've I, uh, Tom Kenny. I met because I worked with him on Marvel Super Squad. But um, for for Thundercats, you know, they bring you in auditions. They, you know, you come in at two o'clock. The next guy comes at two ten. The next guy is two fifteen. The next guy is two twenty. And you know, um, so they, you know, when you when you get called back, you know, you might see each other in passing, but you're not you know, there together, unless you're in the same casting room and they're like, okay, you know, you guys will be calling you in one at a time. Sometimes that happens too. But in this particular instance, um, I just knew because I, I knew one of the people, uh, you know, working on that project and he's like, Hey, you know, he's, he's quietly keeping me abreast of this. And he's like, Hey, they got it down to four guys. That's like you, Tom Kenny, Mark Hamill. And I forgot who the other person was, but at the end of the day, they cast me. They, no, no, I was the guy that got it. I was the guy that got it. I got Snarf, and I'm like walking around town. I'm like, you Snarf, you Snarf, lion, oh, coming. I mean, I'm walking around like playing Snarf. I'm like looking in the store for Snarf action figures and maybe a stuffed Snarf, snarf for my shelf, huh? I don't even know what a Snarf is. Snarf is, okay, there's the Thundercats. You have Lion-O, Chitara, Panthro. You guys remember the Thundercats, right, in the audience? Big cartoon. Big, I remember big, the cartoon in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's it. They, they brought it back in another version and, um, and I was supposed to be snarf and, you know, I'm, I'm all excited, uh, to be snarf. Cause it's like, you know, that's, that's a legacy, you know, that's a legacy franchise. You know, I mean, certain things from the eighties, GI Joe transformers, thundercats, he man, you know, you remember those. So to, to get a role on thundercats, I was like real excited. There you go. That was going to be me. You can see the resemblance is uncanny. Yes, nerf, yes, nerf, yeah. Oh, Lion, oh, Chitara ran off in the jungle. We got to go get her, snarf. Yeah, so, but that was the character. So I was supposed to be that little guy. And um, at the last minute, they pulled the plug on the project. Probably when they found out I was cast to snarf. They're like, this will never work, man. Kuda's part of it. Um, but that was it. So I was, I was supposed to be snarf, which, you know, look, if you remember He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, they had Orko, which was like the comedy relief. And that's what snarf was. Snarf was that comedy relief character of the Thundercats, you know? Um, and you know, I, I, I love that. So I, I was all excited. And then, uh, the project got pulled and they were supposed to change it to a live action movie. And, you know, I had, I had no, uh, guarantees to be in that. So, you know, they probably would have gotten a bigger name and that never happened either. They pulled the plug on that too. So, you but I'm sure they'll bring costume. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> no, it's an animated show, but you know, I'm sure they'd CG snarf. And, you know, nowadays the problem with, uh, voices is they try to choose like bigger name, a list actors to be characters in cartoons. Um, which is, which is wild because it's like, you know, it used to be voiceover guys mostly did voiceover and, you know, screen actors mostly did screen. And I basically, you know, wanted to do whatever I could get my foot into the door of. So I, I learned both um, and I've done both. But when it comes to nowadays, like when they do, you know, a Disney movie, they're not doing the voice actors so much. They're like trying to get Brad Pitt as Peter Pan and, you know. All, all the 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 a-list meryl streep as Names. tinkerbell and yeah all the big names to sell a project so 
Yeah, Kendra at 55. Man, could have got Jar Jar. <laughs> they just shut me up. No, but I, I still, you know, I still do voiceover. I don't have anything in the in the in the works right now because right now I've been uh, concentrating on movies. I've been blessed to work movies lately, so I think the next I think the next project I'm I'm going to audition for is a movie, unless something new comes up. But false flag. I you know what's really funny. What's what's funny? False flag. Who's in Australia says you would be mobbed if you came to Oz. Yeah, people would be like banning me at the airport they'd be there'd be an angry mob <laughs> you sucked mancuta you sucked you sucked it you're a sneaky butcher i was slipping your meat in the rear um no um no i i, I have a lot of friends in in australia and new zealand um and uh you know when you when you go to another country to work and you have an accent it's like bringing, you know, for you Americans, if, if an Australian guy came over here, you know, girls would be like, ooh, what a cool accent. Same thing in Australia. You stick out and, and you get a lot of attention. You know, of course, their husbands are, you know, chasing after me with torches and pitchforks. Get him. Get him. Get the sheep shagger. You know, but. Uh, Keep him away from our sheep. Yeah, you get away from all shape. Put away your Velcro gloves. <laughs> you and your Velcro gloves, you bastard. <laughs> well, it's so they don't get away. Uh, Stephen Franklin says, would I rather do movie or TV? I've done both probably in equal amounts. Uh, I think I, I think personally, I'd rather do TV more because it's more consistent work. Um, you know, when, when you're on a show, you're, you're just constantly working episode for episode for episode versus a movie. It's like, okay, you're working for a month and here's the schedule. And you're basically getting down like somewhere between 90 minutes and two hours of show, um, you know, of mm -hmm. movie basically versus a TV show. I would that regular weekly gig, um, you know, Hollywood treasure. We worked like through the year. For those that watched Hollywood Treasure on Sci-Fi, um, I was one of the principal cast members in that. And, um, you know, you, you just work through the year. And I love that steady work. And it's not that I don't love movies because I do. Obviously, look, I love every every job I get, low paying or high paying. Um, and the idea is that, you know, a movie after a month, you could jump on to the next movie and jump on to the next movie if those movie roles are available to you because it's really hard to get work. You know, TV show, you have consistent work. You're working this whole season. Great, you know. Um, but a movie, it's like you're always looking for the next project. So, you know, I'd rather do TV, but I'd take anything. i take everything, voiceover, you name it. I'm, I'm thrilled when I get work at all you know so there you go uh jesus rapes me says is voiceover easier than tv shows um i guess it is pretty yeah it's got to be because you know what when you do voiceover you're basically showing up you could show with your hair all tousled in your pajamas and just you go into the sound booth and you got some honey and some cough drops and some water and you just basically you know get your voice warmed up and then you go at it and there's the script in front of you and you're, you know, getting animated so that the, the words come out like this and this and this. And 
you know, you're doing it. You don't have to look good. TV, you got to do your hair. You got to shower. You got to dress a certain way or go to wardrobe. You got to get your makeup. You got to, you know, it's different. And then you got to learn your lines because you're on camera. When you're doing voiceover, your lines are on this piece of paper clipped to a board in front of you and you're reading them. You can't forget them. They're right fucking in front of you. So, uh, so there you go, which, you know, voiceover definitely easier than, uh, than TV shows, but look, it's, it's, you know, it's also a skill like anything else. It's a skill you, you, you know, you, you have vocal coaches that you learn from and you, um, you know, you learn techniques of making character voices and more so animating them so that, uh, they sound good on a microphone. Like I said, if I just did this and I'm doing this and I'm saying, oh my God, Peter, where are you going? And my arms aren't waving. I'm not animating my voice. You can hear the difference from, oh my God, Peter, where are you going? You know, it, it does produce a different sound, you know, mm -hmm. when you're using your body language to animate the voice, it's coming through the mic that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, everything's a skill, but and it's not Keith Campbell. It's not snark. It's snarf. Snark is a tuner for guitars. Snarf was, uh, uh, let's see. Snarf was Thundercats. Can't drive 55. Do I know Tara strong? I do not, uh, not off the top of my head on name. Uh, Sherman Callahan, were you on Saturday night live and what year? Yes, I was. I was what, what was known as a featured extra, meaning you're not one of the main players. You're not one of the main actors. The, you're not one of the cast. You're that extra that's not in the background. You're that extra that's in the middle of the action with the main actors. So, you know, there was one episode with Jennifer Aniston. I'm her cameraman and she's or I'm her reporter and she's my cameraman. Um, as you know, as part of the skit, so I'm in the main action, but I don't have any lines other than, you know, <gasps> or, whoa, or, you know, one word Omni lines or something like that. So, yeah. And that was, uh, years. I think it was two, I think it was 99. I started, I started when Will Forte started, uh, 1999 through, I think maybe the, maybe 2005, I want to say. 99 to 2005, I think, because I was there for six years every week. Um, and that was a cool gig because you're getting your feet wet. That You're getting your feet wet in front of a live audience and you're live on the air in front of millions of people too. So that was like a very cool place to like, you know, get some learning experience in the, uh, in the TV world. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Brian, the sign guy, uh, how many times do they make you repeat your lines in voiceover? It depends. It depends on what you're doing and, and who wants you to try something different. You know, you'll go in, um, when I was doing super squad, I went in with the idea of flat man being a certain way. And I had rehearsed all my lines. So I'd have the cadence and everything of a certain way I was going to read it. And they're like, mm, can you try it a little older? Okay, so I got to try it a little different. Can you try it? Can you do a Ben Stein voice? Yeah, I could do a Ben Stein voice. Okay, do it sort of like a version of Ben Stein, <laughs> but more excitable. Okay, I could do that. So they'll have you try different things do if you know they ben don't Stein? like what you're doing. Yeah, have you slept with Ben Stein? Can yeah. you give us his number? Mancuda, <laughs> Mancuda, 
Mancura. Um, yeah, no. So, you know, but then again, even if it's like a radio commercial and they want you to read something a certain way, they're, they'll change it. They'll, they'll just take a different take. They want more energy, less energy, tone it down. Pretend you're talking to your aunt, telling her about the muffins. Um, you know, something like, um, you know, mm, these are moist versus, okay, uh, John, how would you say them uh, to your mother? And she's sitting right next to you. So not as excited, but you're happy. Mm, these are moist. Okay, John, uh, say it as if you're you're so excited. You're yelling to the guy across the street. You don't even know him. Mm, these are moist. You know, they'll have you try all different things. And sometimes they just, you know, you'll, you'll drop a letter or uh, you'll drop a word a different way they want. You'll drop a letter in a different, um, you know, accent than they want you to or, you know, read it with a certain way. So you could get it on the first one or two or three tries or you could be asked to do it literally 50 times. And I've I've had both. Um, so. So, yeah, they, they can ask you to do it as many times as they're paying for, you know, they're the clients. So especially on a commercial. Uh, let's see. Just looking through the audience. Interesting questions. Uh, what's it like to write skits on SNL? I don't know because I never got to do it. I did. I did uh, quietly drop a few suggestions in in people's ears when I was there. Just like I'm not going to mention names, but like other main cast members that I was friends with that I talked to later. Hey, you know that bowling skit? Wouldn't it be funny if like you know you kissed the other actor at that moment, like actually kissed? It's like, yeah, that would be kind of funny, you know. And you know, what one or two suggestions were taken, um, but I, I never got to because. You're writing, writing skits on SNL. That's all the main cast members. When you're the extra, you shut up, you go back to the green room and you just wait for them to say, okay, come on in. Even the featured, I mean, we weren't treated any different, you know, just a little, a little bit higher pay, but that was it. Uh, do I write my own material when I do? Yeah. When I write, you know, bits for this show or if I, when I did stand up comedy, um, or things like that. Yeah. I always wrote my own material. Uh, let's see. What's the best job you had movie wise movie wise. So that excludes TV movie wise. Um, movie, movie, movie. Uh, well, Ivan Reitman cut most <laughs> Ivan Reitman cut my, my, most of my part out of Euro trip. Um, uh, but yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll just tell the story real quick. I was cast as a part in Euro trip and you could still see me in the movie, but now I'm in the background and I, and I get residual checks from the movie because I still had a speaking part in it, but I had a speaking part that initially wasn't cut from the movie. It made, it made the last edit. And then Ivan Reitman said, you know what? The movie's 20 minutes too long. Let's cut out some more. And I was part of that more. Um, like I said, you can still see me in there, but I love that movie because it was a great movie. It was fun. And they, I mean, they flew me to the Czech Republic for a month and a half to film. So it's like, 
you know, and yeah, and you know, I, I, my trailer was next to Matt Damon's trailer and, uh, you know, I was friendly with him and that was fun. And you got to explore Europe and, uh, get paid good money for that. So probably mm-hmm. I, I would probably say Euro trip. Um, I could also say enter the hamster because I was like one of the principal stars in that movie. And they flew me to Australia, paid me a great amount of money. And I was also there in Australia, New Zealand for a month and a half. And the Aussies and, and Kiwis are great. So um, take your pick. I mean, you know, I mean, look, every job's great for some reason. When you're working, you make friends, you you know, you, you're, you know, you're traveling, you're getting paid to do the stuff that you love. I mean, you know, but I mean, I, I love every gig I've done. There's not one that I, that I regret. Um, not even, not even that, uh, 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 kitty porn one. Well, there's, um, oh my gosh. yeah. It's, oh my gosh. My mother's uh, upstairs. Ah, no. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So rest in peace, Ivan Reitman. I forgive you for cutting my, uh, my scenes <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for the questions. Uh, Keith Campbell, I was paid extremely well for lost. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm just saying like, look, some gigs you do for next to nothing or nothing or back end or whatever, depending on <laughs> how much you love the product. Um, but you know, lost paid extremely well, even for the minor recurring role I was in. I mean, I was paid a great amount of money and they paid all my expenses in Hawaii for a year, including food and an incredible, you know, hotel, you know, penthouse room there. I mean, Lost was an insane budget. I, th- I don't even think they knew what to do with as much money as they were making. So, uh, Alice Martinez, what commercials was I in? Uh, radio commercials. Let's see. One was... Uh, garbage disposal let's see um garbage disposal yeah no i played a garbage disposal it was hi i'm your garbage disposal you know some people throw away silverware accidentally and um i forgot what it was for it was like for some cleanser and then um i did one for um these were like all in the new york market um trying to remember what some of the others were i mean i don't remember specifically they weren't national ads these were new york regional um radio commercials and there were only a couple of them but i i've I've never done like a lot of commercials i mean tv little roles here and there films same thing uh Mm -hmm. blah 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 yeah, the unrated version of Eurotrip is coming out again on Paramount Blu-ray in June 2022. That means I get another check. Thank you, David Mandel. Um, so there you go. So that's good. You still probably won't see my scene. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Did I ever have to deal with Harvey Weinstein? Never met the man. Heard he was a scumbag. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> Top Fugitive on America's Most Wanted 2022. We all have goals, so let's hit them. <laughs> anyway, all right. It's it's the 3.30 mark. Let's, let's give a thank you to, of course, 
our beloved audience. Sorry I didn't do roll call today. We just jumped right into it. Hope you had fun with us today. But look, big shout out to our audience. I got to say, as I always say, we appreciate the hell out of you because you come here to have fun. We want to give that to you. We want to get you away and give you that escape from all the bullshit going on in the world right now. Um, you know, and, and we thank you for coming here and spending it with us. So we really, really are grateful and we love leave a thumbs up on the video. Show us a little love, uh, leave comments on the video. We read them when we have time, we reply to them. And, uh, thank you, black Mm -hmm. salami. We try to be consistent in sucking and other shows set the bar here. We (laughs) absolutely set the bar here. It's like a limbo contest. We always go under the bar for you guys. Um, but we really, really do appreciate our audience. Thank you all so much. Let's thank our channel members specifically. Look at all those channel members. Good God. There's a lot of you. And we, we really appreciate it. We love it. Sending love back to you, Lindy Lynch. Thank you. Let's say thank you to our channel members. David Allen Wright, Mike Neese, Keenan Neighbors, Paul Martin Woods, Mr. Mick, Bubbly Dukakis, Smallmouth Guy, Lawrence Christensen, Symmetry, Majestic PB and J Cat, Warlag, Sherman Callahan, James 5150, James Gum, Wayno, Thomas Santiago, Vinyl Freak 5150, Dan Halen, James G, Music Therapy Laz, Andy Carson, Rick Green, The Chad, Christopher Live Sawa, All Dave, All Night. Murph Murphy, Steve Barton, Fernando Riley, Laguna Palms, Robot Master Switch, R2R3 Locking Nuts, Six Chick 71, John Marana, Hillary Lewis, Jeff T, 5150 TV, Kurt 5150, uh, KXM Rock, R. Habs, Stephen Franklin, Carol Hatcher, Sean Shreds, Margaret Scranton, Michael the Captain Smith, Jesus Rapes Me, Nicole Mrazek, Brian Spaulding, False Flag, Ghost BC Rich, Hugh Caldwell, Jim Nicholas, Mr. BHB Jr., that's Bruce, Tommy Santiago, and my little, let's see, Lindy Lou and my little geriatric sex kitten, Mary, Bo Zeke, and Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. What does it feel like I, I repeated one or two names? Are they on there twice? Did you nah, double check your work? Two of them rhyme. Do they? Is that what yeah. it is? Two of them sound very similar you read one then you read the other and you think you read the first one again ah that's terrible but thank you and yeah that crosby guy quit he's not here anymore david crosby yeah (laughs) david crosby is a dildo fucker i still like (laughs) saying it though i still like saying it i don't care if he's here the name still rings so true (laughs) <laughs> anyway, everyone, be nice. Be be careful out there. Be nice to each other. Get vaccinated, please, so we can return to live music. If you haven't seen live music lately, let's go to some shows. Let's have some fun. And again, go see Pearl Jam. Do not see Pearl Jam. Their tour is selling out. Pearl Jam is in my crusty sock right now under my bed. That's Pearl Jam. Zach, I'll see you in a little bit, dude. Over. Johnny, you playing GTA tonight? Twitch, subscribe free with Prime. Yes, I'll be playing GTA after dinner. But more importantly, tomorrow. Well, hold on. More importantly, give to Chris Holmes. He is raising money for his cancer charity. 
uh, for his for himself, of course. Chris Holmes has cancer. There is a fundraiser going on on GoFundMe. Help Chris, help Chris Holmes kick cancer's ass. They're at the 11,410 euro mark. Their goal is 20,000 euros. Please give to Chris Holmes to help him in his cancer recovery and his cancer treatment. Please, please, please look it up on GoFundMe. Uh, Chris is a friend of mine. Chris is a good guy. And Chris has left his mark for any Wasp fan or any rocker who watched uh, Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2. Make sure you donate even a couple of bucks to Chris Holmes for his cancer treatment. Let's make sure Chris kicks cancer's ass. Okay, Johnny, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yes. I was. Well, I was going to say that, but since you said it, uh, after dinner, it's almost midnight. It's only almost 9 o'clock here. But y- you say, oh, Johnny, you know, I know you, you do a Van Halen show on Friday, but, man, I can't wait till Friday. Well, hey, follow me on Twitch. I'll be doing a Van Halen show tomorrow on Twitch. Talking Van Halen now on Twitch, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. So tune in. Nice. And before I forget, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm sorry I didn't do a roll call this morning because we really uh, ran out. We really ran out the door, hit the ground running and just got right into it today. But I have to say, ah, Pecani, ah, Pecani, ah, Pecani, me love you long time. And everyone else whose name I didn't read today, but will next week. Yes. And thank you for the outpouring of love to Mama Kuda, of course, my beloved mother. Mwah. Love you, Mama. And thank you for everyone saying hello to Blue Rhino. Ooh, hi, everybody. There you go. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Good night, everybody. Rock on. Wash your hands. Eat your vegetables. And we appreciate you. Remember that. We love our audience. Thank you. (laughs) And connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Good night. What was that? Oh, so disappointing.